Welcome to Game Face, episode 108 on Sifted Games at sifted.net and on Patreon at patreon.com slash sifted. I am Shane Satterfield. I am Matt Kyle. And we are the tandem that are going to bring you the best in video games for the week. Not as good a week as last week. Last week's show, man, was just no, chock week, full. Last week was packed, but nobody wants to be near COD. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Absolutely. I think that's what's happening. It's just like everyone just cleared out for this week and let yeah, them have the week. Titanfall 2. Probably like, a, mm, a smart decision yeah. for sure. Uh, but definitely, I mean, last week I think was maybe one of the best shows we've ever done as far as the, the number of mm-hmm. games that people cared about in one episode. Uh, so inevitably this week, it's not we're going to be uh, wall-to-wall with games like we were last week, but we still have a great show. Uh, two huge products came out today. We're going to talk about both of them. And to kick things off, we're going to talk first about Call of Duty World War II. So have you had a chance to play it, Matt? No, my copy is still in the mail. Yeah. Amazon. Honestly, I think our better discussion for this game is probably going to be next week. Uh, I did not get a copy from Activision until literally the butt crack of dawn today. Uh, the doorbell rang. Uh, and they were delivering the game. So we neither one of us had a chance to play much of the campaign. We are eventually going to play the campaign live for you guys with a live play view. Uh, but we have played the multiplayer, the beta. We played a ton. Mm-hmm. Uh, so far, the Metacritic scores for it are sitting around an 85 mm-hmm. from the press. But most of the big sites have not reviewed it yet. In yeah. fact, I think Game Informer is the only major publication that has reviewed it. Yeah, that's the only one. I, I mean, I, I glanced at the rundown of reviews before I left to come here, and like the only, I think that's the only outlet I recognized in, yeah. the, in the list. Most of the little guys are reviewing it already, and the major outlets are, are rightfully uh, holding off until, until they the can actually play on the live and, service. Yeah. It totally makes sense. It's good to see the major publications and uh, they've, doing They've that. gotten dinged for not doing that in the past, so you know, it's just they're, they're learning. They have. Um, but the user score on Metacritic, Matt. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> the user score, what was it, like a... 4.5. 4.5. People are railing it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a combination of just, you know, hardcore gamers love to hate Call of Duty, and yeah. uh, the loot box integration is maybe not as tasteful as it could be. Yeah. Um, dropping, dropping loot boxes onto the sands of Normandy... Uh, even during multiplayer, is a, I mean, you know, multiplayer is not a particularly respectful thing inter- in interpretation of <laughs> real-life battles in general. But yeah. maybe drop, dropping celebratory loot boxes around, and then and then giving you other players like daily challenges to watch people open them. You actually is, get rewarded for is, watching other people open loot boxes in this. Game. Yeah, which is like uh, like I said before the show. There's a wrinkle Vegas hasn't thought of yeah. yet. <laughs> like. Leaving I'm surprised a... Vegas actually hasn't started. Yeah, like... it's got to be making somebody who makes slot machines think about, wait a minute, <laughs> how could I not have thought? You know, like... How long until Twitch opens up a new like Twitch gambling channel? <laughs> I mean, if they put Bob Ross on Twitch. like, <laughs> yeah. Bob Ross is a lot more relaxing than a slot machine. Oh, though. for sure, for sure. But uh, I'm actually surprised that live gambling hasn't become a thing online yet. Well, it was, but they got shut down. You know, no, but... I don't mean actually like playing the gambling, but like watching, oh, watching other people, people gamble. Yeah, mm. It's Man. coming. Has anyone done that's that? That's my next has idea anyone, for a business. Has anyone venture? done that? Just set up a camera, like watching them, like sit at a slot machine for hours on end. No. Like I have. <laughs> it's a, illegal. I have. Is it? Well, yeah. Like if you if televised gambling is illegal. Well, it, it, live streaming it is or videoing it. Like if you is go it? to a casino 
and you pull out your cell phone and try to take even a picture、mm. or a video at the table, they'll tell you to put it away right away. Yeah, but what if they did it themselves? What if the casinos did it themselves? Yeah, I mean, I, you know how they handle like、uh, blackjack, not blackjack, but poker on TV. Yeah, how they have the little like lipstick, lipstick camera can, by、yeah. the cards and like there's a lot that would go into that, but. I feel like I'm. I mean, it's stupid, but I feel like I might actually watch someone play a slot machine as like background noise for like just just have it there, just glance over. Did I win anything yet? No, let's just keep going. Yeah, watch them get their free drinks. But anyway, <laughs> back on to、uh, to Call of Duty and and games. The one thing I will say about the loot boxes, it does not appear that the loot boxes are a pay-to-win type scenario. No, they,、uh, Activision knows better than that. It's I think, and even EA has backed off of that for Battlefront 2 going has, ahead、yeah. because clearly what comes out of the loot boxes in Battlefront 2 is not going to be the same thing that did during the beta because in the beta it was really bad. Well, they got rid of the most powerful card, right? Yeah. So yeah. you have to craft the really high-level stuff.、Uh, I think it looks like most of the stuff in Battlefront 2 will be like emotes and skins and stuff, which, which is as fine it, as it should be. Yeah. Um, this one is the same kind of deal. It's all cosmetic, as far as I know. Yeah.、Um, and the submachine gun has been degodded from the beta. So, because <laughs> for a while, early on in the beta, the submachine gun was basically the lord and master. It was just wrecking shop, and everybody was using it. As oh well. yeah. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> well, I didn't at first, and then you sent me a text message. You're like, "Hey, that submachine gun," <laughs> and I was like, "Oh really? Oh yeah." <laughs> yeah. And I switched to it, and instantly my KD started going yeah, out. Well, because、so. I'm not a submachine gun fan. Me either. Games, and then、so、I read that on Reddit, I think, and I was like, "It's like, oh, I guess I'll try the submachine gun." It's just like, oh, oh. <laughs> you just squeeze and and <laughs> cause death. Yeah. Yeah. Oh,、dead. instant accuracy all the way across. Okay, like three from a submachine gun, which is only supposed to be good for about thirty yards. Right.、But. Well, that's the thing is like the submachine gun was great because it did not behave like a submachine gun. Right. It behaved right. like a rapid fire sniper rifle. That knew what、light. you wanted to kill. Yeah, yeah, it just homed <laughs> right in on it.、Uh, so, kind of to recap, in case people, a lot of people, or new people, are watching the show on Patreon and YouTube,、um, we are not, we were not big fans of the Call of Duty World War II beta.、Mm-hmm. Um, we did like the new mode, like War. Yeah. yeah, War is a really cool mode. And if you guys don't know, War is this mode where you have kind of fronts that you have to defend, and the other team attacks,、mm-hmm. and as you lose that front, you fall back to the next one. Yeah, it's like it was like、uh, a little bit like Gold Rush or Rush mode in Battle Battlefield. Yeah. Yeah, that's、like、true. Bad company. And there were objectives you have you have to accomplish as you go. Like you have to like、mm-hmm. do some stuff at a bridge or whatever. Yeah, one one side's got to build the bridge. The other wants you want to kill people before they can build the bridge. Right. And,、uh, that yeah, idea but, was really yeah. Cool. I, like, I mean, I like objective based. I've liked that since Onslaught and Unreal Tournament back when they introduced that. Yeah.、Um, made by the guys who uh, uh, would go on to make Rocket League, oddly. But、um, the、uh, I, I, you give me like a thing to do besides just kill other team, I'm automatically more interested. I'll at least give it a chance,、yeah. right?、Um, and then I was in. A, I thought the balancing was terrible in the beta.、Mm-hmm. Um, people were getting like those dragon shells for the shotgun that would set you on fire,、mm. <laughs> and literally just one shot, it just kills you. And、uh, that was something that you had to play a lot before you could get.、Mm-hmm. I never did get them before the beta ended. And when you come up against somebody with one of those, they just shoot you once with a shotgun, which has a spread that's like six feet wide, and it would just burn you and kill you instantly.、Uh, I had probably the lag I thought was terrible. The way they were working with the lag compensation, I thought was bad. Yeah, it was.、Uh, there were definitely a lot of sinking. It was battlefront level sinking problems. Yeah, I mean, it was like I know I was playing with、uh, with and against、uh, one guy that, that's a sifted user, and、uh, there was one moment where, like, literally, he went through this whole cadre of moves. He like jumped down. Shot me, reloaded, shot again, and the whole time I'm shooting him in the head and neck. He kills me. I watched the replay. I never fired a bullet.、Mm. I mean, that's how bad it was. So 
Both Matt and I were not fans of the multiplayer beta for various reasons, so I am kind of excited to go and play it this weekend and next week. Uh, I was surprised because it's not, you know, because I haven't played COD multiplayer in years, like yeah. literally years. Probably Black Ops Two was the last yeah. time I oh, played wow. it, and like. <laughs> So I played it, and I remember I was just like, I hate this. I really am not enjoying this. And I was I was expecting to come in and, and be like, yeah, I didn't like any of it. And you'd just be like, man, this is great. I love it. I'm a shooter yeah. fan, and I love <laughs> Call of Duty stuff. And you just don't know what like how to play. This yeah. is your Dark Souls. And I was yeah, like, yeah. and I'm, but then I come in, and you're like, this is garbage. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, so I'm not <laughs> yeah. crazy. I'm not a fan at all. And the weird thing about like how they're handling latency and lag compensation is that this series has gone, like, all over the place. It's like, mm -hmm. they've solved it before. Like, the Black Ops, the first two Black Ops games did a great job with lag compensation. And then you'll have one game that does it well, one game that doesn't do it well. I don't understand why Activision's collection of studios at this point that creates Call of Duty can't mm -hmm. just unify their netcode, find the one that works, and just stick with it. But I'm hoping that somehow they fixed it for the final release, and I'll be getting into yeah, that I mean, this betas weekend. Yeah, for a reason. Yeah, I mean, they're there for that very reason. And, and I think that's one reason why we didn't go too hard on it, is because it is a beta mm -hmm. and the game wasn't finished. So it is finished now. Um, the campaign has been shrouded in secrecy the whole time. Like, they put out, like, one story yeah. trailer for I, it. I think I know who wins, though. Yeah, well, right. There's no spoilers necessarily <laughs> with the campaign, but we didn't really see hardly any footage of it. There was mm -hmm. that one trailer they put out that had some cutscenes. Yeah, scenes. very minimal. Yeah, so, sim similar to Battlefront. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. What, I don't know what the hiding the campaign thing is for the shooters this year. I don't get it either. But uh, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna play the campaign live for you guys. We're gonna start right from the beginning of the game, and uh, I believe the very first part of the game is Normandy. So. Pretty good way to kind of kick things off, you'd think. This is mm -hmm. the, kind of the most iconic scene from the entire war. Um, and we'll go regular difficulty like I always do. And here we go. World War II begins. Yeah, we're going way back. Yeah. I was under the impression that Normandy was the first mission. Maybe yeah, this is just a cut, is background. cut scene that sets it up. Yeah. September 1st, 39. That's the invasion of Poland. Yep, a lot of... Uh, Even the, though technically the war in the Pacific was going on long before that. Right, yeah. A lot of the uh, poor user reviews are lamenting that it's not a return to form for Call of Duty. Mm -hmm. And that, and then the few reviews that I did read of it, most of the complaints are with the campaign. Interesting. Yeah. So, so the last, like, I mean, I didn't, I have never been a big fan of Treyarch's campaign design. Uh, so to me, the, the last good Call of Duty World War II game was 2. Yeah. Which was, yeah. 12 years ago. Yeah. So. They did kind of uh, allow influencers, YouTubers, to publish a lot of zombie stuff over the last mm, couple mm -hmm. days. Uh, first couple hours of that are kind of out on the internet, and they're up on Sifted if you guys want to check it out. Yeah, you go, Josh Duhamel. Yeah. <laughs> Much more serious tone to zombies this time oh, versus yeah? the last, like, 10 entries or whatever, hmm. um, which I welcome. Like, I thought the zombies had just become too corny and too tongue-in-cheek. And I feel like they did that so that they could get, like, these directors involved. So they could come mm -hmm. in and say so-and-so worked on this and get celebrities in it. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I think I prefer kind of the, more the, serious. The chance to have fun with it. I mean, I, I, they went real crazy with it a few times. Uh, pretty much every time, the last, like, five games. Yeah, I mean, I been... think the drive-in movie approach to it was actually pretty fun. But uh, you got to change it up here and there. And I don't, I don't mind a more serious zombie thing, I guess. Yeah, this game also basically came out right at Halloween. Not that uh, pretty much they all do, but it was kind of appropriate. Like, they, started, they put out a trailer for zombies, like, on Halloween. So that was a good marketing opportunity for them. 
All right, so let's see here. Let's see if they actually put us into the game. That's something that really drives me crazy, Matt, is titles, game titles. Like, I actually had to contact Ubisoft to ask them if Assassin's Creed Origins had a colon in mm. it or not. Um, that's one thing that bothers me. And then the... Does the, it? The, it does not. Does not. Officially, okay. it does not. But see, the problem is our site is linked into Metacritic, and it scrapes a lot of information from there. But how it does it is it has to be exactly spelled as it is on Metacritic mm-hmm. or it won't work. And a lot of times Metacritic doesn't have the official titles for games on there. So, so looks like they're mm-hmm. building the human element right out of the gate yeah. here. Says that's a Zussman. I I met the guy who plays him a couple weeks ago. He's a good dude. Just a couple weeks ago? Yeah. Where'd you run into him at? We're doing an interview for for another show I was on. Ah. Uh. And uh, he he came in to talk about his favorite classic games and. Uh, what were his favorites? Oh, you know I can't quite. At Tetris, everyone loved Tetris. Like tons of Tetris. Because <laughs> it's so easy. There's no game sound. Sam saying there's no game sound. Well, last week people complained about the game sound, so. Mm. (laughs) And they particularly complained that uh, talking under us talking was really Mm. hard to hear. So maybe it's better if we don't have any game sound. We have a little bit. I can hear it on our, like the speakers on this TV, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting audio. A little bit. But that was one of the major complaints of kind Mm. of our redesign of the show last week was that uh, people. Yeah, the the dialogue can fight with, with, uh, with us. I could see that. Yeah. A lot of jibber-jabber. We should probably have subtitles on. Yep. But I literally just started this game up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I didn't even have time. I had time to update it so it would play. Because I don't know if you heard or not, but you could not even play the campaign yesterday and last night if you didn't download the patch. So I made sure that I did that before I left today to come and do the show, but otherwise I have done mm-hmm. nothing. Now, is that like was that like copy protection or early protection, or was that just like they had to patch something real important? I don't even know that Sledgehammer's put out a statement on it yet, to be honest mm-hmm. with you, about why it happened that way. But Matt, how do you think this game is going to do financially? Um, yeah, I really don't know. Like, I imagine it'll, be, it'll do better than Infinite War. It worked for Battlefield 1, going back to the old ways, so to speak. Maybe they haven't gone back far enough. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. These Call of Duty, I feel like Call of Duty is pretty critic-proof for the most part. You gotta ask why Infinite Warfare I mean, last sold year's, half. Yeah, but, I mean... But Infinite Warfare was still the best-seller of the fall. I mean, even yeah. everything sold less last yeah. year. Yeah. I mean, this is gonna end up being the best-selling game of the year, pretty much. I don't know. I don't know if it can beat Destiny. How many has Destiny sold so far? I don't know, but it's apparently number one right now. I think it'll over, beat over, Destiny. Co- over Go- uh, Ghost Recon. Like something finally beat Ghost Recon. I think it'll beat Destiny, although it doesn't have as much time. Yeah, so yeah. maybe you're right. Maybe it doesn't beat Destiny 2 for the year. But uh, I think eventually, by mm-hmm. March of... I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see how it does, because I, really, I don't really have a sense of like whether people are hungry for some World War II at this point or not. Well, it's hard for us to gauge how shooters are going to do on Sifted because our users are really otaku, mm. and a lot of them don't play shooters at all. Um, and so looking at the data for Call of Duty World War II on the site and trying to discern whether it's going to sell well or not is probably a fool's errand. So, mm. 
Um, but it has not done exceptionally well. Like when the new Zombies trailer came out, it did well. When the Story trailer came out, it did well. All kind of the filler media in between has not done great. Mm-hmm. I've also heard that this is, game is really hard. So oh, yeah? I'm very likely to die here. Not to mention this is Storming the Beach at Normandy where... Uh, I was going to say, I was going to say, why is a guy with serious corrective lens problems in the... So I guess, but I guess he's signal core, so yeah. he'll be there to document. Although I, think, I don't think they sent those guys in on the first wave. Wow. I couldn't imagine having the presence of mind to write something as I was about to <laughs> hit the beach at Normandy. <laughs> These guys have done some stuff. I would be so petrified. Well, some of these guys presumably were already, uh, you know, in the invasion of Italy and stuff like that. Sicily. Wow. I mean, to me, these people are some of the brave. This is one of the bravest acts in the history of the planet, in my opinion. Well, it's certainly the most important day of the 20th century. I mean, just knowing um, what is going to happen, but I think still run under that. Beach. I think everybody that goes in a war uh, is in the same not boat, no pun intended. Yeah. Well, for sure. I mean, you know, I respect anyone who serves, but this in particular, man, it's like you know what's coming. You know they're ready for you. You know they're just sitting there with their artillery, just waiting for you to come on the beach. It's just, it was just like a death sentence. They they weren't too ready, really. Omaha was a a hard-fought fight, but like the Canadians basically walked up the beach in some places. Oh, really? Um, And they'd already, you know, there were already water landings like this done, amphibious landings done in, in Sicily and Italy and Africa. Like the, I mean, a lot of these are new you know, these, a lot of these are new soldiers, of course, so they wouldn't... Uh, but a lot of the people that were, like, you know, sergeants and the, the, the platoon leaders had been there before. Um, these are This is a proven tactic, even though you're basically throwing human beings into a meat grinder. Yeah. Uh, they were pretty sure they were going to get there. I'm wondering how far Sledgehammer's going to go with this. I don't know. Like, if it's going to be, like, Saving Private Ryan levels of... Well, I think games routinely pass Saving Private Ryan levels of violence these days. Well, yeah, for sure, but... The thing that's interesting to me about, like, doing Normandy again in, in this context, because it hasn't been done in a long time, is we are finally far enough away from Saving Private Ryan that that is not the template. <laughs> Yet I just used it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but I mean, I was actually thinking, because actually on the way over here, uh, on my big, you know, MP3 shuffle thing in the car, uh, the uh, Medal of Honor theme came up. And it was, it, I mean, the original Medal of Honor theme is basically a, like a sideways steal of the Saving Private Ryan theme song. Because for a long time, from 98 on, for about 10 years, like, that was the defining imagery of World War II, especially that day. And I, oh, oh that sucks. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like we have, we're kind of far enough away from that that you... Oh. Uh, you don't need to adhere to that anymore, and sure enough, they are not. This is not how Saving Private Ryan unfolds. Yeah. All right, let's see we're about ready to go here. So, the traditional uh, slog up the beach. Now, the immediate checkpoint. Now, early on, I mean, so I recently, for the, the Bits and Bytes thing, had to play some uh, Medal of Honor Allied Assault. Which is uh, going way back. Oh yeah, what um, year is that from? Two thousand. Yeah, two thousand one in there somewhere. That sounds right. Um, so that one uh, was interesting because uh, all the bullets in that are basically hit scan, and you have to sort of crawl your like crouch your way up the beach and, and hide behind um, hide behind the the hedgehogs, the metal uh, the metal like 
you know, ship traps here. And, um, and like you basically crouch behind them and until the bullet sound effects stop. And then you run up to the next one and sit there until the bullet sound effects stop. Oh, wow. And, um, <laughs> it tells you to sprint. Yeah. And then it just kills you instantly. <laughs> so it doesn't say there where I'm go. supposed to go. Yeah, you probably just have to follow people. I'm just going to uh, go from group of people to group of people. Go prone. Oh, boy. Yeah, you use them as cover. That was good. Yeah, <laughs> not on purpose. Run, run, run. Oh, boy. Sit yeah. here and wait for my health to recharge a little bit. Yeah, you've got a full life bar in this one. That's interesting. Because it doesn't seem to be recharging. There, you're dead. What? What am I supposed to do there, though? I think one more set of cover uh, ahead would probably be wise. So get behind that tank and give it give it a little bit. Oh, I, so I see. We, and this is a problem in demoing something live while you're talking to somebody. It's telling you wait for them to reload before you run, basically. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm not gonna make it. Those it. hedgehogs. I'm dead. No, you, you duck behind those things. I can see what people are saying about the difficulty. Well, not if you're. It's not even that it's just hard. Not if you're using cover. <laughs> Yeah. So get behind the tank, and then you want to make a run for that line of hedgehogs up ahead. After they stop shooting at you. Yeah, so that line of three there. Yeah. Get down, fool. I wonder if I can even shoot. I can. No, you're not, I'm going to hit anyone. You're not going to hit anything. Oh, there. boy. They're telling me to go, but I'm almost dead. Yeah, I don't think you don't seem to have regenerating health there. No, you're right. I guess I'm just so gonna go for it. Hit that truck. Hit that truck to the right. It seems like it's a little restrained, though. As far as like the gore and the over top, over the top violence is concerned. So get to those hedgehogs there. I don't know. Uh, I mean, the guy getting his head blown off in front of you. Was that first, that early. first shot was kind of rough, but. Okay, so you got to work your way left now. Yeah. Seems like the bullets died down. Go, 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 go. There you go. So the game just took over there. Yeah, that was a very immersive animation. <laughs> yeah. there, the way it, it slammed your perspective through the polygon wall. Yeah. What is that thing I'm putting together there? That is a Bangalore torpedo. That is uh, basically a explosive on the end of a long stick, and you you shove it, you shove it over the over the top and into the yeah into the barbed wire and the and the stuff, and it blows it up, so you can move through the seawall. Interesting. What's that called again? A Bangalore torpedo. Bangalore torpedo. Oh, I'm gonna have to get down here. I don't think I was gonna make it. Man, yeah, you got a sliver left, but I think you they. You, sh you should be check. Oh, no. Yeah, you should be checkpointed right when that thing, the 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 yeah, when it blows up, the cover blows up. So yeah. Yep, that's typical Call of Duty. Checkpoint every fifty yards. It looks like on this in this mission. Run, run, run. Maybe I can make it. I'm gonna try. Nope. You ran out of sprint. Nazis. Killed Nazis. <laughs> All right. 
Okay, now you're, now you're in your comfort zone. In the trenches. I guess I gotta go this way. Does your hurt to get to cover, but it doesn't look like the health rebounds, so what difference does it really make? Oh, first I, aid kits. I think it just I think it's just saying like get out of the line of fire. This game really is old school. <laughs> They're giving you health kits. It was before we invented uh, recharging health. <laughs> That's funny. That came about somewhere around the Vietnam War, apparently. Grenade. I thought Grenada. I saw a grenade. Hello. Am I using a Garen right now? Looks like it. Oh, thank you. Well, that was my guy there. I tried to kill. I don't know if I like using first aid kits. What's this? Oh, okay, more they're probably full of morphine. It's great. <laughs> Oop. The load hitch there. This is a regular PS4, right? Yep, this is base PS4, for those of you wondering. What did it just say about squad abilities? Where am I getting shot from? From back All here? All around. You, you passed some Nazis back there. Healthy auto-aim as usual. I'm gonna heal. Yeah, so you only gotta heal a lot. Wow, you weren't even close to shooting that guy, but it still counted. Oh, that's that's the auto-aim, baby. I mean, it just basically puts it right on their heads as soon as you aim down the sights. And I am playing this on the default difficulty setting, regular or whatever they called it. That's my team. Yeah, I mean, certainly if you, if you play a lot of the older kind of World War II shooters, the early, like, kind of... Uh, the early sort of big action scenes like are usually like almost theme park rides. Yeah. But it looks like they're willing to kill you right out the gate here. I keep my gun. Whoa! <laughs> oh, sneaky. Where'd he go? Oh, there he is. Kalim. So I guess I can get first aid from this guy. Yep. Thank you. So that's what the that's the squad stuff they were talking about earlier, I guess. These guys just haven't noticed. Oh. Couple quick headshots. Yep. Oh, and I can use this turret. I can't see squat. But maybe I have to use it? No, but you were able to detach it and take it with you. I mean, it's an MG42. It's a good deal. Clear the bunker. Everybody just waiting for the Yeah, they're just waiting for me. Yeah. They're just like hanging out. They're like, oh. From heroic actions to earn squad abilities. All right. What are heroic ability or heroic well, actions? Well, like, there was a little uh, 
like um, icon over that Nazi there that you knocked because he was struggling with an American soldier. Ah, okay. so you saved the you saved your buddy, and so that counts as a heroic action. Now I have a new gun. I think I like that bolt action gun better though. Yeah, well, that's the, this is the it MG, is the classic. This is the MG42 <laughs> you pulled off that turret. I wonder how often I can use the medic to get health if he's just always there. It seems to reach. It seems to be like a cooldown skill. So like, handy. he has a little thing that recharges. Oh, he took some shots. Right in the face. My teammates aren't very helpful. Also in classic Call of Duty style. He's staying around. Ah-ha-ha. Uh, Got shot up close. I miss the, uh, you know, Wolfenstein, you melee somebody that close, you get a cool kill sequence. Yeah, this is just the generic stabby-stab or the butt end of the gun. This gun's got crazy rise on it. Oh, boy. All right, I'll die one more time and we'll call it. <laughs> so we're probably going to talk about this again next week once we've had more yeah. time with it. I just wanted to kind of show it off for folks who maybe want to... Are thinking about that impulse buy today, and there are going to be a lot of them. Hello, Amazon. Cancel the cancel the shipment. Yeah, send it back. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of people have fall, kind of fallen off with this franchise over the last decade, really. Yeah. And this is kind of supposed to be the one that gets them back into it. So I wanted to make sure that we showed it to them, so he try to make a determination on whether they want to pluck their money down. Plus, I mean, I'm in a, I'm in plus Friday's becoming the new Tuesday, and a lot of people are getting yeah, ready for I the weekend, that. and they're like, hmm, well, should I buy this to entertain myself for the weekend? I just want to make sure we got at least a little bit of it in before you should heal. everyone has to make a decision. Yeah, I'm not used to that at all, mm -hmm. having to manually heal. A lot of that will depend on how well it balances to whether I ultimately like it or not. If I have to do it constantly, that... To me, that's just more of a pain in the butt than it's worth. If you, it's something you have to like. Yeah, it does. Babysit. It does seem like a pretty constant thing at this point. I wonder how far that'll go. Like I always like that grenade just rolled kept about rolling 10 away. away. <laughs> like I always, I liked. Um, I wasn't a giant fan of the game overall, but I always liked Resistance: Fall of Man's approach, where like you had regenerating health, but only in a. Um, you had like four life bars, I think, and if you Hello. if you drop below a life bar, that no longer regenerated. Yeah. And then you had to find health packs yeah, to get yeah. those Yeah, it's bars kind of like back. a compromise between yeah. the two systems. Yeah, like, I thought that worked pretty well. Yeah, man, I, I haven't played a resistance game in forever. That's because they haven't put one out in forever. But uh, <laughs> I mean, that, that series is clearly over. But um... okay, so it looks like you tap the touchpad to get your waypoint. I would play a. Res I'd like. To, I feel like maybe I might want to go back and replay the, re the resistance games. So. I don't think we'll ever get another one. Though. No, I don't think so. I think those days are done. That's over. Oh jeez. Oh damn. <laughs> that was. Big mistake. Every and my every Nazi in Normandy did something there for once. And you're out. Of, you're out of MG42. I gotta switch. Oh, probably triangle. I would think, since it's every other game in the series. Yeah, I prefer the Garand, man. Uh, Garand's a great gun. Cause you just know if you land a shot, chances are if you had your aim's even decent, mm -hmm. it's gonna kill him. Well, also, I mean, you're not getting the the benefit here uh, because we don't have boing. <laughs> we don't have the sound. But uh, I love the, the, the ping of the, of the clip popping. Ping. Ping. Like that plate going up. It's great. 
One of our uh, one of our editors back at G four owned one of those. A Garand? Yeah. Wow. Just Justin owned a, owned a Garand. Dude, the flamethrower. Not for long. Boink. <laughs> it is very rewarding to see those helmets pop. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Help me, brah. Oh, he needs help, I think. Oh. Cling. Is that guy alive down there? Now are you no, he is. are you reloading that like by manual? Yeah. Are you hitting it? That's that's an error. Well, not an error because the gameplay is probably better, but you can't you you like other games. Uh, I don't remember Call of Duty did it, but several other games you had to use up the clip before, before it would, you before it would pop yeah. and then you replay like you basically. This gets habit for me, man. I fire a couple oh, shots. Same. I just same immediately. But an M one M one you should have to finish the clip before you can reload. I was not aware that that's how the gun worked. What am I doing here? I do not know. Maybe I gotta help this guy first. No? Oh, here we go. My uh, teammates are not the best of shots. No, well. The reason you're the main character, I guess. Oh, he's still alive. Huh. Ting. It's hard to play with no sound. Yeah. We do have a little sound here, a little but it's bit, really but like low. The, the, the sound effects are such a cue in where guys are and where the danger is. Oops, Clear the bunker. Where's the flamethrower? It's on the ground. Right there. It says hold the oh, there we go. Thrower. All right, let's try this out. Let's fry some fools. Oh, not those nah, guys. Not those. Oh, <laughs> my God. Court-martialed. Get out. Dishonorable discharge. I guess I can just... Not much clearing involved there, really. Oh, right through there, right through there. Yeah. French fries. Well... Well, <laughs> I mean, you are in France. Yeah. But... That's pretty rewarding. Well, here I said, well, uh, wait till I die again, because I figured it would happen in like 10 seconds, and now I can't yeah, die. Yeah, but then you started remembering to use health packs. So. Yeah. Can I use this? No, but you no. can pick that up. Get that PPSH. That's a good gun. I'm gonna breach this or something? Yeah. Or no, just context sensitive to open the door. Need, needed a, a, a planned opening there to load some stuff in, I guess. Nope. <laughs> the popping helmets really never gets old. Oh, there's a guy up on the roof there. There he is. Two of them. Boy, those guys are taking some bullets. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a very strong gun. No. Accurate. Ah, uh, wow. Thought go. for sure I could get through there. All right. That's it for the Call of Duty World War II campaign. I think we gave him a nice little taste there, at least, of what yeah. you're gonna what you're gonna get.
Seems like, oh, I thought the game was glitching out. It's just the lighting flickering. But, uh, so what do you think, Matt, having seen I mean, it looks nice. first 15, 20 minutes of it? it looks, do you think it looks good? It looks okay. Yeah. That's one thing I'm not really all that keen on. I don't think the visuals do look all that great. Mm-hmm. Looks fine to me. I mean, that's it's, it's fine. Not, I think that's a good way like, to put it. But it's not going to be on my short list for best graphics no. at the end of the year. But like, it looks it looks good. It looks, you know, certainly, you know, we haven't seen a World War II game look that high quality maybe ever. No, so. that's true. But still, I think they don't make them anymore. Yeah, so. I think what we're seeing though is what we've seen last generation. Whereas. Call of Duty starts out looking pretty good, mm-hmm. and then by as the ener- the generation starts to wind down, it starts to look less and less competitive. Um, and they've done the same thing with this game that they've done in the past. Said, "Oh, well, we've done this and this to the graphics engine, and we're gonna mm-hmm. it's gonna look so much better." And ultimately, it really doesn't. Um, I think part of it is uh, I think Call of Duty gets stuck in a rut with its animations. Yeah. Too much, and it certainly did for a long time through the 360 PS3 era, yeah. where they're reusing the same anima- the same animations from Modern Warfare One over and over again. Uh, and I think that's one of the things that you know you can get away with you know pretty standard texture work and, and geometry, but like if you got guys doing the same stuff over and over again in front of your face, all like, the melee stuff yeah. is looks like it's just been swapped out from prior games. Yeah. And when we played the beta, that was one criticism I also had of the beta. And again, you know, you don't want to go too hard on it because it was a beta. But I wasn't impressed with the visuals in the multiplayer. But typically, you can't really look at multiplayer visuals and say, this is what the campaign's going to look like. But in this case, it, ultimately, the campaign doesn't look that much better than the multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, with Call of Duty, they're really concerned about frame rate and keeping that 60 locked. And I will say, frame rate was great. Yeah. It did run really fast. But uh, A couple of hitches here and there where it looked like it was loading a new section or something. Yeah, and that's been a part of the series for a while, too. True, true. Um, But, I don't know. Wasn't especially inspired by that little bit that I played there. No, but, I mean, it's... it's Like, this is like... I mean, a World War... A a solid World War II shooter campaign is like macaroni and cheese. Yeah. It's just like good old game comfort comfort food. food. Yeah, for sure. Like, whereas, like, Infinite Warfare, like, the imagination on display really, like, fired me up even early on in that game. And I was like, oh, I get to do this, I get to do this, this is here, this is happening, that was cool. There's not going to be a lot of surprises in this game in terms of content or whatever. Hopefully, the characters will will bond with you a little more as the time goes on. You know, they've they've hired some talented actors to play your your buddies in it, and we'll see how that goes. Um... I don't know. Like, uh, I'm still interested. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a, a World War II history buff, and I like to see these things kind of, you know, portrayed and what they do with them and stuff. So I'll play. I can't guarantee I'll hang on to it yeah. after I've completed it, because I ordered a physical copy for a reason. Right, right. You know? Yeah. Uh, going back to what I was talking about with uh, Super Mario Odyssey last week, being a gameplay-first guy, this game is way more simple than the last few Call mm-hmm. of Duties. As far as the traversal and weapons yeah. and gadgets, it's just very much well, just in terms run, of, point, shoot. Well, toss also a just in terms of like what they. I mean, the last one had you had a hub and you had to pick your missions and you yeah. had like there was flight sequences and all that. I mean, you just, there's nothing like that in this, as far as I know. Yeah, um, I, I don't think there's a section where you fly a, a plane. I, I honestly, Although there is know. a plane on like the title I, screen. Right, so like I, I said, they have not shown hardly any of this, yeah. so it's going to be all new and everybody gets to play it. But. Uh, I don't know. I guess I'm a little lukewarm on the campaign, um, but I'm going to give this a go this weekend mm-hmm. and uh, and see what I think. And we'll talk about it again uh, next week. Yeah. I mean, it, I would probably be passing on it if it wasn't World War II. Yeah. Because I'm interested in that in that war. 
And um, if it was just another kind of generic future-ish game, like I probably wouldn't care. Yeah. Like, I can only I can only play so many of those before, I, and, and apparently so many of those is three. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's why Infinite Warfare I like because it was so far future. It was so I mean that that clearly takes place like two or three centuries right. from now. Yeah, and um, at least and it tanked. So yeah. <laughs> and it, it did not do well. But everything didn't do well. Last yeah, year. And, you know, in comparison to its competition, it did very well. But nothing sold last year for whatever mm. reason. Yeah. So well, that seems to be turning around. I don't know it if you does saw seem the to be financials doing financials from this past week. Everyone's oh, yeah. just making money hand over Everyone's fist. doing great. Mario's... All from digital and like. <laughs> well, yeah, and Mario's selling great. Yeah. Uh, which is Best good. selling Super Mario of all time. Fastest selling, yeah. That's shocking to me. And so it was almost, it was like 2 million in the first week. And yeah. I think it took Zelda like two months. Yeah. Now, part of that was because people couldn't find Switches. Install base. Yeah. But still. You know, the hunger is there for Nintendo's, you know, first-party top-tier content. We knew that. Yeah. And, uh, but all the publishers did well, except for EA. Yeah. And we'll get to EA in a little bit. So, I want to go there. Let's, let's move to our next topic. We're going to talk about a survey that came out this week about how people are using the Switch, Matt. Did you get to look at this at all? No. So, basically, Nintendo did some research and started asking its customers, mm-hmm. how are they using their Switch? Are they using it as a console only? Are they using it as a handheld only? Or are they using it as both? Um, so obviously, both is going to be the one that gets the most response, and it was. It was the most popular. But as far as the disparate size of that, which one do you think is more popular? Um, I would think docked would be more popular. You as a console would be more popular. It wasn't. Handheld. Hmm? Handheld was the most popular solo use for the Nintendo Switch. What do you make of that? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I was pretty shocked. Because you're a person who says you won't use Switch as a handheld at all, right? Yeah, it's never left. It's only left the dock to be put in its storage case for several months while I didn't use it. Yeah. Until uh, Mario vs. Mario Plus Rabbids came out. When I went back to the East Coast for the funeral a couple weeks ago, I did take my Switch and I played it a little bit on the plane. But that was the first time I used it as a traditional handheld. Mm-hmm. I have been using it in handheld mode because my console is defective, right? And I can't use Joy Cons yeah, or have a the weird Pro Controller. Yeah, I, I just... might. I mean, I might bring it back home for Christmas when I visit my mom and her family. But one of the things that I have advantage there is my niece has one, so she has a dock. I right. can use it in, on her TV and play yeah. it there if I want. I'm not a. I only play stuff on handhelds if I have to. Yeah. Like, that was kind of the 3DS and DS and GBA thing, too. Is like there were games on those systems that were not on any other system, yeah. so I played them on that. Right. Like that's, I mean, I will, I will play whatever I have to to play something I want to play. Right. Um, but if I have a choice, I'm going to pick the large screen and the good sound, and the, you know, that's, that's just how it is. Like I don't, I don't feel the need to always have a game on wherever I am going. Yeah. I, I, and I also have no way to transport it because I don't usually bring a bag with me. I put mine in when I travel with it in a sock. <laughs> 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 and it literally like ripped the sock because it's so <laughs> wide. I just stretched a sock across it. There's something just gloriously Philadelphia about that. Oh, and I had to like pull it out in security <laughs> and there's like this big old stretched out sock just sitting on the belt. <laughs> it's really funny. Uh, I have yet to buy a case, which I guess I should, but I, again, I don't really use it in handheld mode at all. Right. I got a case because I knew I'd be... Well, here's the thing, because I didn't get, get a case. It came with Zelda. It's the Zelda case mm-hmm. um, that came with the... I didn't get the one with the Master Sword statue, but I got the one that came with the, 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 the you know, the tablet thingy. <laughs> 
the thing it was clearly originally supposed to be a Wii U controller, but now it's just a little slab thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Sheikah slab yeah, or Sheikah yeah. slate thing. So it looks like that, and okay. you put it in. It's a really nice hard case with, like, nice... It's, it's really... It's a, it's very nice. Um, but uh, I'm turning to Donald Trump. It's like, it's very nice. It's great. <laughs> Many people are saying that this case nice. is one of the nicest <laughs> Switch cases. Um... So I stuck it in there. I mainly actually, I the only reason I stuck it in there was because um, it was having that still had that problem where uh, periodically, because I have it on a switch on a switcher with like three other things, uh-huh. and periodically it would just switch back to the even when it was sleeping, it would it would jump back to the switch and then jump back to the PS4. Weird. It was a thing that was people were having a problem with it like that. Was it a problem with the switch or the switcher? Switch. It was the switch. Oh wow. Like the switch would just suddenly monopolize the, the switcher because uh, it's an automatic switcher so it jumps to whatever is the current. Oh, once the signal comes the signal. to so the So periodically even when it's asleep the switch would send a signal or something it would jump over there. Weird. So I had to un I had to take it out and put it in the in the case because it kept doing that. And now one of the I don't know which update what it was but some update fixed that because it's been in the dock since Mario plus Rabbids came out, and it has not done that at all ever. Interesting. Not since late. So that's like two months. That's like. So it hasn't ever done that again. So I have not taken it out of the dock. Uh, it is bending a little bit from the heat, but like, why do I care? Yeah. If, if you're not going to use it, not going to use it as a handheld. Matter. Yeah. I mean, unless it bends enough that it stops working, which I guess is possible. But then I'll have to call Nintendo and be like, "Excuse yeah. me, sirs, but uh, your design is terrible." I think what surprises me most about the the data from that survey is that. To me, a lot of the people who are buying a console who are earlier adopters are people who have disposable income, uh, generally a little bit older. Mm-hmm. I would think later on in the Switch lifespan, once a lot of the younger kids start getting a hold of them, that is where it would kind of start tilting towards the handheld side. Uh, but I was shocked to to see that most people are using their Switch as hand, or more people are using their Switch as a handheld purely than as a docked console purely. I think it also, hopefully it was eye-opening for Nintendo as well, because we've been saying forever on this show, that we would love to see Nintendo just stop developing 3DS games and start diverting those resources towards Switch development. And maybe now Nintendo will look at this data and say, hey, people are pay- playing the Switch as a handheld. Maybe we can start moving some of these teams over, these handheld teams, and move them over to Switch and have them start creating more software for the mm-hmm. system. So I think it's encouraging to see that, even though I don't use it that way. I think it ultimately could go Nintendo into creating more and better software for Switch. I don't see them... Making that re- that shift for quite a while. I think like there's just too many 3ds's out there. There are, but I mean, if you look at Nintendo's release schedule for the next six months, it kind of blows its load with 3ds in the next like mm-hmm. quarter, and then it appears either we're going to get a new handheld or Nintendo will just have to focus on Switch 100%, which would be in its best interest to do, by the way. Maybe. I mean, they just announced a new 2D a Zelda 2ds, one of the ugliest handhelds I have ever seen. That's coming out this holiday season as a bundle. And that's the 2DS, the one that looks like the Play School, like my first tablet or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? The 2DS is just flat, and it has oh, like, like the buttons and then the screen. Because there's the new 2DS that actually No, this is up. like the old school. This is the old like wedge, flat wedge, wedge of cheese yeah. with screen on it. <laughs> and it's here. like puke green with like yellow buttons. It's one mm. of the, it's like Green Bay, no offense, it's like Green Bay Packer colors or whatever. Mm. That is coming out this holiday season. Um, and so, sure, yeah, Nintendo, and Nintendo's have a lot of 3DS software on the docket. It's still coming, mm-hmm. but most of it is scheduled to be released before the midway point of next year. Yeah, so well, I got, I got my Samus 3DS, uh, as a backup for when my existing one maybe dies one yeah. day. Uh, so I'm good. Yeah. But, uh, 
I mean, they got how many, what, 40 some million of those things out there? Like, that's a big install base. And so it's gonna, just and, ignore. And it's yeah. going to remain a big install base for another couple of years until the Switch catches up. But there are so many games available already for 3DS. I mean, yeah. a lot of those cases, you could just keep, make sure you're shipping the best 3DS games into retail. Sure, and... but like, you're still, you know, you're going to put out a game, I think at best, you're putting it on both. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Like, there's no downside to putting it out on 3DS as well. And yeah. Hyrule, you know, Fire Emblem Warriors did that. Uh, it's uh, Hyrule Warriors did that. It's a lot more work. Smash Bro- I bet whatever Smash Brothers thing happens, I'm sure that'll, that'll be a 3DS up. version for yeah. that. Um, you still got stuff coming out. Even the weird niche stuff, because that's sometimes that's the stuff that dries up first. But they've still got Style Savvy Four on the way in December. <laughs> um, those games are fun. Really? Yeah. I mean... Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Like, as they progress, like, they give you a lot more freedom to, Have you been like, playing this with your niece or something? No, I just played them. Really? Like, wow. I didn't play the recent one, but I played one and two. And two, like, really, like, lets you design your own store. I don't know anything about fashion, but, like, I do know about retail. And uh, <laughs> it was it was pretty good. Wow. Like, it, 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 like, taught you some stuff. Like, if you're a kid playing that and you, like, have played enough style savvy and then you decide to get a job at, like, a summer job at, like, a mall or something. You could do it. Like, you would, you would have learned some things you need to know for that from playing style savvy, I would say. <laughs> Wow! Um, it, it, it Consider rang. my mind blown today. As someone who pl- who worked retail for over ten years uh, before he got into gaming, uh, game journalist TV stuff, like it it rings pretty true to me. Wow. I, I, I feel like I feel it's simplified, but it's it's there. Would you recommend people buy Style Savvy? Um, yeah, if you, if you kind of want to have like a store simulator thing, if you like, want to have a job. While you're I mean, playing games. Yeah, but you get to design what your store looks like and what goes in the shop front window and like you know what kind of stuff you care. I mean, it's just... It seems like I kind of get that from Animal Crossing, though. There's a, it's, it's more detailed than Animal Crossing. Yeah. And you don't owe money to a vicious raccoon. <laughs> um, by the way, did, I don't know if you saw the, the icons for the, the uh, Animal Crossing microtransaction thing for the, the mobile game. No. I saw this... I, I, has that come out in the U.S. yet or only Australia? Uh, I think it's only Australia, but soon. soon. So... There's like the series of microtransactions to get bells or whatever, and like there's pictures of each one. And the maximum one, like the hundred dollar one or whatever, is a picture of Tom Nook taking a bath in bells, <laughs> like covered in a tub filled with bells. That's great. I'm like, they know. No one's gonna complain about that icon. <laughs> no, they they know. Like they're being very straightforward about what's happening there. Yeah. And because Tom Nook is actually one of the greatest villains in video games. He kind of is. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about Paris Games Week, which has really just turned into the Sony's Sony Games Week. Yeah. It's really funny. Like, I mean, we got a little bit of Microsoft stuff out of Paris Games Week because obviously Xbox One X is launching mm-hmm. this week. And but so Sony it, just pulled the, pulled the stopper out of the dam. It was like, here you go. Holy like, cow. I think in a lot of ways, Paris Games Week was better than E3 for Sony. Yeah, Sony, had, they had a lot more ready to go for this, for sure. Yeah. I mean, tons of... At least the stuff I'm interested in. Like, I mean, as someone who... Not we, as many game debuts, but better but looks at existing stuff games. We knew about. And yeah. some pretty significant debuts. And I also think... I'm kind of, shocked that Shadow of the Colossus is that far along. Yeah. February next yeah. year. And it looks amazing. Yeah. Um, big, I'm, you know, $39.99. Like, they're making all the right moves with that game yeah. for me. Well, they're saying the gameplay still feels clunky. And so I wonder well, if... Yeah, it's, it's Shadow of the Colossus. That was my question. <laughs> yeah. Are you? Would you feel all right if it weren't a little clunky? No. That, yeah, that wouldn't I mean, be the same game anymore. that's kind of part of the charm. I just it, want right? visual upgrades. Right, I don't, which don't, you're don't getting. Me- don't mess with incredible. them. Although I would like them to... Because the, the, um, the HD remaster on PS3... 
used for the gameplay and the, and the difficulty balancing, used the European version, which was a little arbitrarily harder than the US and Japanese versions. Which uh, the European version, I think the, the grip runs out faster, and so it's actually a little harder and a little more annoying. And to me, someone who has played that game probably nine times, playing the remaster was like, this doesn't feel right because it's different. It's t it feels like playing like some kind of weird halfway between normal and hard, and I didn't like it as much. Interesting. So I'm kind of hoping that Bluepoint goes back to uh, the, you know, the original Japanese version. For the and if you want to put in you know extra hard difficulty modes, great. I'll play all those. I'll play all the time attack stuff. I'll do whatever the hell you want. But the main base mode, I think, should be the classic original this time. I'd agree with that. Uh, probably the biggest game that was shown, at least in my personal opinion, was The Last of Us Part Two. Yeah, I think that's probably the biggest thing they had. Uh, or will be the biggest thing when it comes... You know. Yeah, yeah. And I think even just what was shown there was probably the, the game that stirred up the most conversation. Mm -hmm. Controversy... Based upon what was shown, a lot of people saying it's too brutal, mm -hmm. it's too dark. It was very underlit. It was. Um, yeah, and in fact, people who are, I don't know, we can't see the monitor, but I'm, I'm guessing people are squinting right now to kind of see the opening yeah, portion I, well, of I didn't it. know what it was at first until eventually you recognize the Naughty Dog detail work, basically. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, this is Naughty Dog. But at first I was like... The detailed gore. Is this Days Gone? Is it... Uh, it could be about five different things Sony's making, really. It's like, yeah. okay, but it could have been Far Cry 5. It could have, yeah. you know, like, no, I, I wasn't right. sure. Um, I mean, look, I am a giant cynical like Im immune to violence in fi fi you know fictional media person period like yeah. I didn't, none of it bothered me none of it and it didn't bother me either and the I, thing I, is like i you know i don't find it particularly extreme what happens in that trailer um like if you know if you're squeamish about it one way or the other you know fine um i do think uh there were some people saying like they shouldn't be allowed to do that kind of content at all which i think is ridiculous if you want to if you want to do really that, if you want to do that in your game do whatever the hell you want in your game. What was their big the thing, sticking point? What was the... Is there one moment in that? Torture. Thing? I mean, you know, they're, they're torturing that, that woman and breaking her arm with a hammer yeah. to, like, you know, to get her to tell them whatever, something about where something was or yeah. something. And, you know, kind of the lynching thing going on. It was, people is just, you know, that's the thing. Now, the thing is, um, they should be allowed to do whatever the hell they want in their game. And if you yeah, don't like that, sure. if you don't like that, don't play it. However, I think the people that have a valid point are the ones who are saying it like they basically, Sony basically just sprung that kind of content on people that were watching this presentation. And I don't care. You know, I will watch whatever the hell you put in front of me. Like, if you want to sit down and watch a Serbian film, let's do it. Like, <laughs> I'm in. Like, That's I don't, where I might I'm, draw the I'm line. Good. But. <laughs> Like I, you're not going to watch that movie, by yeah, the way. Yeah, no, that's not a recommendation. No. I'm just saying I've seen I've seen some real gnarly shit, man, yeah. in film and television yeah. and games and everything. And this trailer don't even rate. But yeah, it was like just way yeah. down tick at the bottom but of the scale. But the people who are questioning whether this is really what you want to use as your marketing material, I think, have a valid point. At the yeah. very at the very least, maybe when you you know, I know there was a, a content warning in the beginning of the presentation, but like I don't think there there's you would be unwarranted warranted to say that they could pop something up at the beginning of this trailer that says, hey, there's about to be graphic Look away. graphic violence <laughs> and, and, and gore in, in, in this sequence, so just be ready for it. You know, I mean, not to call it a trigger warning, but like basically... I don't see That's a problem... That's what it is. Yeah, but I just don't see a problem with giving a heads up on that. Because, like, look, there's a reason movie trailers have that kind of approved for all audiences thing, and you have to go seek out the red band version. And I mean, know? in all honesty, if that were a movie trailer, that would have been a red it band It would have been a red trailer. band trailer, for yeah, sure. For yeah. sure. So, like, and I mean, look, and I think it's 
like I don't know if it's funny or but some, there's something weird about it in the sense that you remember when we were on uh, extended play back in the day and they wouldn't let us show people getting shot in first person shooter footage right. and we had to like turn on god <laughs> mode and like wave the gun around and pretend we didn't know what we were doing all the time yeah. like, and when we SMP went SMP at Tech TV yeah. was pretty hard but that was you know it. i mean games GameSpot, and i don't know if did that stop did that but like there was a IGN did that for a while like a lot of the outlets wouldn't show people getting shot especially in the wake of Columbine yeah and um I remember a lot of Kingpin reviews were very awkward because of that, yeah, which is yeah. right around the same time that happened. Yeah. Um, and then I remember when uh, when they came to us to to develop X Play, that was one. I think you and I both had that. That was our first re- request: was can we shoot people? Yeah. It's can like we that, show? Can we show what the game actually is? And and it, they pushed back on that though. Yeah, but we got it. Eventually, eventually, we got it. But a lot of it had to do with like, and weren't wasn't it a case where they would say, okay, well this this episode's airing. We had to like prime time versus late night. Yeah, that was one of the reasons that was a big caveat went late for night. us. Yeah, yep. but I think it's funny. Like you know, thirteen years ago we were having that argument, and now Sony themselves is putting that out as their here's the trailer to make you buy our game. Yeah, there is a shift. Do you think? And maybe I don't know what that says, but it's certainly a shift. Maybe that's the most important question to ask here: is do you think that trailer sells the game? Because um, that is the objective of promotional yeah. media: it's to get people excited to want to buy. A product. I mean, I think it does if you're the certain audience. I mean, if you're a horror movie fan, maybe. Like, you know, if you really love Hostel and you're, like, looking for something like that set in the fungal zombie apocalypse, that's the only game in town, really. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, because of Naughty Dog's strengths, I feel like selling it more on the back of the character relationships and the world. And then this is, then there is world building in this in the sense that, like, you know, it's a post-apocalyptic situation where the rules we consider to be socially acceptable and the, and the rules of civilization are gone and the only rule left is survive. Right. And you are in a scenario in which, you know, when those rules go out the window, there are going to be people, you know, clearly there's a cult mentality happening in this trailer. The one woman is like, you know, the, the one woman is being hanged, maybe pregnant. There's sort of, there's speculation that she that this may be a flashback and this she may well, be Ellie's mother. Well, just the whole she's one of them. Right. Well, she's she's part of the cult, but she switched to be with this woman apparently or join this rebel group or something. Like we, I have a lot of questions about yeah. what happens in this, <laughs> and I want to know what. It doesn't the, what really the story. explain hardly. Anything. No, but like a teaser's supposed to make you ask those questions about. Yeah. I mean, I'm more curious about what's going on, and I want to know the answers, and that is the way to find that out is to play the game. So in that sense, it was an effective teaser for me. Um, but I think the people saying like, hey. You know, while I am up for, you know, some some ultra-violence in my zombie stealth, you know, you know throat-slicing, shiving, <laughs> shotgun-to-the-face game. Because let's not forget the first game was sold with very similar stuff. It was, yeah. I mean, it was it was not a pleasant ride. No. You know, the ultra, the trailer. So the first game either where, like, Joel's, like, blowing people's faces off with shotguns and all that stuff. Um, like... You know, you're clearly saying this is for a certain kind of person or certain someone who's okay with this kind of content. But I also think there's an argument to be made where I've seen many people saying that, like, I'm okay with that content in context of sitting down to play this game when I want to play this game. But when I'm just here to watch, you know, a presentation of this, this crazy, like, suddenly, get, yeah, <laughs> suddenly getting hit with this is sort of like, oh, it's like it's a it's a kind of a mood whiplash and it makes me a little uncomfortable. And I'm like. I think that's a valid thing. Yeah. I think I think I think not not that Sony shouldn't run it or you know, but I think you know, a little warning 
ahead of time. They don't even really they don't even tell you what the game is before right. they start you don't know showing what you're it. Looking at. So there's no heads up whatsoever. So, so even I if you can at the very that. least, even if you just got a Naughty Dog logo, you you know you're about to hit some shit. Yeah. You know, like because Naughty Dog tends to do some. You know, certainly Last of Us. Well, people would have known instantly once the Naughty Dog logo came up what the game was. Right. At least most of the people who are watching that live. Right. Because those are the people who are really into games and will get that like right away. So also it's like. You know, one of the other things that might have helped is uh, Sony's classic insistence on cutting to the audience during their... You know, you want to cut to the audience during the arm break shot. That would yeah. mitigate. If you want to see the whole thing, go seek it out on YouTube. Well, it's also funny because that would be the one time where people would be okay with seeing audience reactions. Right. Normally, they're showing audience just like this. Mm. Like, that might be a case you're actually might showing people to be going seen. like, yeah. ugh. Like, that, <laughs> way, that way you haven't shown the torture porn directly to the people who don't want to see it in the in the viewing audience. And then you, as a bonus, you get to see people react. Right. And then that makes me would say, oh, now i got to see that. You know, right. to, Some people wouldn't seek that out. But I would go, i got to see the red band version of oh, this Oh, yeah, one, to see know? what people freaked out about, yeah. for sure. Yeah, they totally blew it there in that case. <laughs> they actually could have increased hype for the new piece of media by doing it instead mm-hmm. of on the reverse where they show it at press conferences where it just ruins mm-hmm. everything. So. So, I, so while I am someone who's just like... You know, my approach to like kind of violent, disturbing media tends to basically be "come at me, bro." Like yeah. I don't, you know, I'm I'm a jaded dickhead about that kind of <laughs> Re- really. I mean, but but I think the people that are saying like that's too much, and I didn't want to see that, and I think they have a valid complaint there. I I agree with you in the context of how it was shown and where it was shown. I don't think that the violence is that bad at all. I don't think so either. Uh, but I, like, did, I but I recognize me, that my threshold for that is way higher. Than and I'm like that person. too. I mean, I will say since recent events in my life have happened. My tolerance for gore and violence has gone down a little bit, but I used to be just like you. I've watched a Serbian film. I've watched all the crazy French horror flicks that Mm -hmm. really pushed the envelope. I used to seek that stuff out. So I've seen a lot. And so, yeah, my tolerance is probably a little higher than most, but I didn't find that trailer to be really all that out of bounds. Like, I think people are just overreacting, to be perfectly honest. Somewhat. I just, I you know, I don't think... Letting people know that that kind of content's coming up is necessarily a bad thing. Or Agreed. It's not going to detract from anything. It certainly wouldn't make me feel like, well, I was warned, so now I don't feel like I really saw something disturbing. It's like you know, just you know, get, you know, try to try to hit all audiences. I know it's an M-rated game that's aimed at a certain demographic, but like these presentations should be a little more. Yeah, there should be an eye towards the fact that maybe somebody's just watching, trying to see the new Spider-Man game. Well, also just the time that it happened, because it was happening in Paris, and for us it was like 7 or 8 mm a.m., and on the East Coast it was like noon. So chances are you probably had a lot of younger people watching that probably shouldn't have been, been exposed to that. And that's one thing I do believe in. By the way, is making sure we're not exposing stuff like that to people who are too young to. Mm-hmm. And again, that's another thing. It, so. Like, you know, you're letting your say you're letting your kid watch the Sony press conference. You might not necessarily think that you know some hardline R-rated. Well, yeah, they just showed some like cartoony flight sim for PlayStation VR, <laughs> and they're like, bam, <laughs> and cripple this guy. So, yeah, I think there's there's kind of two arguments to it. It's mm-hmm. within the context it was in, which I agree was a problem, but the actual violence itself, which I saw a lot of people railing on. I didn't really have a problem with that. So. No, I don't. The content itself, I don't have a problem with. I think it's maybe there's probably better ways to sell that game to a to a more mass audience. Yeah. Um, certainly, the first teaser was where it's just sort of like yeah. a moody little. You know, you can't have everything. No, be Joel a, and Ellie, I think, made a little, some people a little. Uh, yeah, there's like, a little bit of that, but I think you know. I liked it that they spread out and showed 
towards sort of the universe that they're going to inhabit. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, a, a full-on, like, oh, nothing Neil Druckmann can do is wrong thing, but I'm pretty sure it'll all come together. Yeah, yeah, in the, you know, <laughs> without a doubt. There, there'll, there'll, be a, there'll be a reckoning eventually in yep. what all this means. Um, so, yeah, like, it, it's, I thought it was a fine snippet. Like, I don't know if it was a tremendously effective teaser for the mass audience, but, like... I enjoyed I, it. I, I looked at it and I'm just like, yep, that's, I'm that's that. Last of Us. Here we go. You know. uh, probably the second biggest game that they was shown was a very brief snippet of God of War. Literally, once you cut off like the head and tail of the trailer, it's like 50 seconds. I'm sure Sam's going to fire that off right now. But what do you think of that? Um, it was fine. I mean, it I'm, seems like the combat's changed a lot. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm pretty much ready for that game. Like, I don't really need to see any more. It's coming soon. Like, I'm, it's I'm, coming in, like, three months. Yeah. Like, I'm ready to do it. Like, it looked it look nice. Um, weird Bioshock Infinite feel from the kid, like, kind of calling out, like, stuff. Remind me of Elizabeth a little bit. Like, yeah, over yeah. here, look at that. I mean, he's not tossing you ammo packs right, out right. of a dimensional <laughs> rift or anything. But, like, but like kind of the idea of, like, look out behind you and, like, you know, stuff like that. I mean, that was cool. Um, I wish we could see it. The monitor's off. Yeah, our monitor's <laughs> off. Sam, when you get a second, would you hit the button on the monitor so we can see where you're, where the footage? It's all the way at the bottom of the right there. But uh, I thought it was a huge departure combat-wise from what we're used to with God of War. Oh, yeah. I mean, clearly this is more of a... Uh, I mean, it's more appropriate for the type of game it is. It's, I, mean, I never expected it to be a, a straight-up you know, transposition of the God of War-style combat. Um, also, you know, I wonder where he got the fancy axe i mean just right. having the cooperative elements that's a big deal for god of war yeah i mean kratos was a army of one he always has been he's never really had any help and not only does he have help this time he has help from like a five-year-old mm -hmm. um i liked though how the child is involved in it and he kind of mm -hmm. keeps you engaged he also keeps you alert to things that are happening um i like the uh, kind of the integration of the, the mythology to it where he's like that well, they've been yeah. pushing that hard. Like, but also, been... like he's like, if that thing kills us, what, you know, our souls get absorbed into it. We never, we don't get an afterlife. Right. And it's right. like, and it's like that's yeah, that's let's scary. leave him alone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, Kratos is like, let's do it. I got my, I got my magic axe. I was a little surprised though, and it makes me wonder if maybe there's going to be a huge, huge uh, showing for this at the Game Awards. But I was surprised that they showed so little of this. Mm -hmm. Um. With it coming up in like three months, and I'm sure Sony will do like a big event where they blow it out or whatever before it comes yeah. out. But this was, you know, like we said, this is almost bigger than E3 for Sony, and for them to show so little of it, uh, I was kind of surprised by that. Yeah, well, I wonder if the, you know, the thought might be you don't need to show too much of this. Yeah, it could be. The other thing too is I, I don't ever really remember God of War games having environmental hazards like that, where he hits the light and it falls down. No, I mean, you know. Top, kind of top-down-ish, three-quarter-ish angle, you know, hack-and-slash games don't lend, don't lend for that, that yeah. So that's yeah. another element that's different mm -hmm. from... And, of course, we've already seen, like, the hunting and yeah, the well, crafting. It, it seems a lot more like the reinvention of Tomb Raider uh, for than, sure. than anything else like that. With a cooperative bent. Well, I don't think you're playing. anyone else is playing with you there. No, it's but just I just the, mean having the sidekick the along sidekick with you. Helping, yeah. It changes kind of the tone of the whole game. So um, I'm really excited for this game. I put my hype level right now at about an 8.5 out of 10 mm. for the new God of War. Uh, everything I've seen of it I've liked so far. Corey Barlog's working on it. I trust him wholeheartedly with the God of War franchise. Um, yeah, and I, I, mean, I mean, personally, I don't feel like I need to see any more. No. But there's a lot of people out there who do. They have not shown a ton of this game. And I don't know that it's really kind of reached saturation with yeah, some of the more I do mainstream feel like, audience. Like, what you're seeing is what you're going to get. 
Like, yeah. Like, I feel like it's a pretty straightforward mix here. And I like, I mean, I like Kratos as a character. That seems to be kind of an unpopular opinion. I mean, he's not a likable character, but like... I don't know, though. I think he is kind of likable. I think Sony's done a pretty good job of sh using some levity with his character at times. Mm. A lot of it had to do with sex, mind yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, but... everything... He's not a nice man. No, um, but he's I don't, not a good guy. I mean, I don't subscribe to the idea that protagonists have to be likable people. No, or, or good people. Like, and he's not, but I kind of like, you know, I see where he's coming from in the original games. And I, you know, I don't blame him for wanting to kill Zeus as many times as he kills Zeus. Yeah. But, but it's very hard to kill Zeus, so he has to keep trying. Yeah. Um, so I'm interested to see kind of the continuation of this and what they do with his character, like, beyond... Well, I think they're trying to make him a character that yeah. appeals to more people. They're trying to make him go beyond kind of this guy who's just driven to just hates kill everything. the entire yeah. Greek pantheon. <laughs> and now he's just sort of a really angry guy who's sick of the shit and, and is trapped in a really bad fairy tale land where everything is real. But I think the whole angle of, I, of him trying to make sure his son doesn't end up just like him, I think that's mm. kind of the overriding theme of the game. I could be wrong, but... Yeah, well, I really wonder if... I've seen uh, it so far, that seems to I really wonder if it's his kid. Yeah, who knows? Like, or if it's like someone who, I mean, I think. Regardless, so. I think he he's responsible for the child, and I think he's trying to make sure the child does not end up exactly right. like him. Uh, so we'll see, but any piece of God of War I, I can get, I'll take mm -hmm. it. I'm uh, really excited for this game, and it's looking real, real good. Uh, Spider-Man was shown again. Mm -hmm. uh, more this time. Yeah, a little they, more on the Peter Parker side of things. Well, pretty much all the Peter Parker side of things. Yeah. I, mean, well, I think that, that was Peter, the goal of, yeah. of of this piece of media. Well, they have said that Peter Parker, the Peter Parker angle, is a big chunk of the game. Like you are you are playing both sides of the character, and you had would never have known that until in the, now. In the previous ones, yeah. yeah. The previous. I mean, trailers. this is the first time they focused on this, and I think they did a pretty good job of it. Mm -hmm. um, I think the Peter Parker model could use a little tweaking. Yeah, it's not quite. Not quite there, but uh, I like what they're showing. I like, all the, I like that it's kind of starting with him having put the kingpin away, and kind of that destabilizes the uh, the kind of the criminal underworld of New York, which, yeah. which leads to a whole bunch of other minor villains we have to put away. Uh, the fact that Osborne is on that building means that he's probably going to be involved somewhere. But the main catalyst seems to be Mister Negative. Yeah. Who's a newer villain. Yeah, um, I think a lot of people probably don't even know who he is. Yeah, he's a more recent villain. Uh, I don't know him very well either, but he is basically kind of a pillar of the community who is actually working in a really negative sense uh -huh, uh, <laughs> to kind of consolidate his power over the, over the underworld and over the kind of, you know, he, he wants to kind of rule everything that's going on in the area. Uh, and he has a lot of power uh, to kind of ensure that that can happen. Uh, and a lot of thugs, obviously, these are all his guys. Um, he's he's a little, I would say, power level. He's in terms of like kind of the energy projection, kind of superpower level. He's a little beyond Spider-Man's usual villain. Yeah. Um, he's he's so a he's little, a challenge. He's a, I would say he's definitely a challenge. Um, he's also a challenge. I don't know how far they're going to push that in this game, but in the comics, at least what I read, he was also challenged because uh, his public persona, you know, the non-supervillain version, whose name I can't I can't remember his real name, but he. Um, is a, uh, a very upstanding... It would be like if, a, if like Gavin Newsom turned out to oh, be wow. like a supervillain. Right. Be like this upstanding like kind of local politician character, you know, character who like, you know, has a, has a positive relationship with Peter and all the people in the neighborhood and like now Peter's got to kind of acknowledge and, and accept that he is a, a, a massive... He's a bad guy. Yeah. yeah. 
So I don't know how far they're going to go with that or if he's going to already know who Mr. Negative is or what that's... But, like, that was a, that was an interesting bit of uh, dramatic tension in the comics. Matt, do you, how much do you want Peter Parker to be a part of the game? Because, I, look, I'm a cash... I've, I've loved Spider-Man my whole life. Growing up as a kid, he's my favorite superhero. Mm-hmm. But I'm not, like, obsessed with him. And from my perspective, like, I'm okay with Peter Parker being in there to kind of give the character some context and some texture... But I don't want it to be, like, a, even half of the game. Um, well, I think, to me, Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Like, like well, the, yeah, you know, but you know what I mean. Yeah, but, I mean... I mean, I don't want to be walking around, like, talking to people all the time as Peter Parker. Like, I want to be Spider-Man. Yeah, well, that's part of being Spider-Man, is balancing... The, I mean, part of the character is balancing those two lives. And if you don't capture that, I think you've only done half the work in a Spider-Man like presentation i would say in a spider-man movie or tv show sure in a spider-man video game uh, i don't know about that well everybody's done the only spider-man stuff before so uh this is one way to differentiate sure yeah i'd and, agree with uh, that if anyone can handle it i think it's ins- insomniac they do character well i don't know though i think that might i think that's one of insomniac's weak points though i mean i think insomniac's great with graphics and gameplay and gameplay systems mm. and things like that but generally like Insomniac's more narrative-driven games have tended to be some of its weaker projects, in my opinion. Mm, I, th- I think they've got some memorable stuff over here, here and there, and they and they don't hit a home run every time. Uh, as the uh, man, he just knocked him like to his death. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, don't don't hit a home run every time, uh, as evidenced by the Ratchet series. I think that this, that series has ups and downs, very marked ups, ups and downs. Yeah. Um, but overall, I think this. I. I I'm interested to see what they do with this in terms of balancing the, the Peter Parker stuff with the Spider-Man stuff because you, I mean, I'm not saying like Peter, you're going to have to play a game, section of the game where you will like have to quick time event excuses to Aunt May or anything, but like the idea of, of having this be, uh, you know, part of a civilian deal as well is important. Also like that ties in, if you're going to use Mr. Negative, like I said, that is also you know part of the, the civilian idea is going to be part of that. So, uh... I think one of the ways they're going to balance that, though, is as they as they said this week, um, you're not like leveling Spider-Man up. You're not building a character with him. You are you start with all of his abilities as Spider-Man. It's not an action RPG. Yeah, you are you are <laughs> Spider-Man from it's from an action frame one. Yeah. So uh, it's not like you're going to slowly be fed like piecemeal these Spider-Man abilities you go through. You're, you know, as soon as you get to put the costume on, you're going to be able to do the real stuff. So I think that will help mitigate the idea that like. Oh, I have to be Peter Parker now, uh, especially if there's kind of some kind of tension between using spider abilities as Peter Parker and not giving away that you're using them. That I could see. Um, yeah, that would be cool. That kind of thing. Yeah. So I would imagine there'd be some of that happening. I mean, I w- Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not less excited for this game. I'm still really pumped for it. But, but I'm also the kind of person that like would like to see you know kind of an Arkham-style Batman game that also takes into account having to be Bruce Wayne once in a while. Like keep yeah, having to keep up that appearance a little bit yeah. to get information or to get, you know, if you, if you got to go in, into the, into the under, into the, uh, undercover side to, to get the job done. Like, I think that's an interesting, I will twist. say though, having played the telltale take on Batman, I don't know. I don't know that that works exceptionally well. It works in the context of a telltale game, which is an adventure mm, game. It might, it would work if you can come up with, uh, I mean, part of the problem with the telltale thing is like, you don't have the visceral combat uh, to contrast yeah. with, like you know, you, when it makes it more satisfying when you finally get to yeah, put point the point click point and click combat yeah. doesn't exactly makes work it more on satisfying it. when you finally get to put the mask on, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we'll see. I, I, Still looking good. Yeah, Game's I think it great. looks really good. Uh, it, uh, 
has a lot of potential, let's put it that way. And, yep. and no one's really making, you know, superhero games of this caliber anymore. Nope. You know, this, this just isn't a th- even with They're this... They're all, like, mobile, yeah. like, free-to-play... Because that's where the real money is. And, yeah. But, like, you know, these big extravaganzas just don't happen really anymore. And, like, Spider-Man is, 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 is an anomaly in that regard. Batman was for a while, but now uh, Rocksteady's that seems not to be, working seems to be over. And, yeah. Um, Although I think we will still probably see that Suicide Squad game eventually that they teased at the end of Arkham Origins. Not, yeah, I not forgot from, about that. Actually. Not from uh, <laughs> not from Rocksteady, but like yeah, Mo- yeah. you know, Montreal's got to be doing something other than the Shadow of War stuff. Yeah. So looking good still, though. Yeah. I, I just have a couple concerns about it, and we'll see how it all plays out. Is there a release date for this yet? I don't think, I think there is. I think just early next year still. Yeah. When does the next film come out? Uh, July 2019. Oh. Well, they're not going to wait for that then. Well, I mean, Spider-Man will be in Infinity War in May, so right. technically that. But, like, the next Spider-Man solo film is July 2019. Because, you know, these games like this, they always have to have some kind of co-marketing, co-branding tie-in, I mean, usually. if you want to do that, you, you put it out next spring and tie it into Avengers, because he will be in Avengers. So oh, that'll, that'll be your, your, your in on that. Uh, another controversy. It's so weird that there are so many controversies... Based upon Sony's Paris Games Week showing, the next one is Detroit Become Human, mm-hmm. David Cage's next game, uh, the developer behind Heavy Rain, and basically choose-your-own-adventure games. I mean, he's kind of become the the pilot of those projects. Mm-hmm. Uh, they showed a new... Well, it's probably a gameplay segment, I guess, is the best way to describe it. It wasn't really a polished trailer. Um, it's kind of a... a- a digest version of what is probably like a chapter of the game. game. Yeah. And essentially what happens is it, uh, I don't know what the proper way to describe it is, but it tries to address domestic violence. Yeah. Or like just abusive parents basically. And, uh, what's happening here seems to be that the, the, you have the Android who has been brought in to be the, the maid and it's implied there was a previous one. Or that this is a, the old one with a memory changed or right. wiped, and um, the father is a, is physically abusive, and uh, it's all told about as well as a uh, 1980s ABC after school special. <laughs> it's it's like a spurt. no. You said it better before we started. It's a taping. very special episode of Punky Brewster. Yeah. <laughs> basically, it's. It's, Punky it's, Brewster. It's real. I I find it real embarrassing in terms of like just how ham-handed and and kind of like. Yeah. Like, it's just such a cartoon that, like... It's a caricature of domestic yeah. violence, essentially. Yeah. And, um, I mean, look at the guy. The guy's got the mullet, and he's balding, and he's got a paunch, and he's drinking beer. I mean, it's like, he's, you know... He is the stereotypical, stereotypical abusive yeah. father. And, like, the, the They live in the rickety, run-down house, and... Yeah. <laughs> and, the tr- and then he, kill, he accidentally kills the kid, or uh, intentionally kills the kid, or whatever, and then, like, you have to... And then, like, so then it's going to do this thing, which it also did in, I think, in uh, the, one of the E3 trailers with a different scenario, where it rewinds it and shows all the different choices that the character could have made... Uh, to be, to, you know, to to take a different route through the story, essentially. Um, I like the idea behind this. I like the idea of okay, robots have replaced humans in mm-hmm. some way, shape, or form. But when presented with some of the really, really tough human conditions that mm-hmm. a lot of people go through in life, how do they fit into that puzzle? Right. So and I, I think like part... the concept of this scene. Right, and I think part of this is also like if if this ties in, I believe, with kind of the you remember that original. 
kind of demo or teaser that kind of this game came out of was like where the yeah. the, the you know the robots being built and she's and she's like wait don't kill me kind yeah. of thing and, they, and the guy lets this self-aware robot go out into the world yeah I'm, I'm wondering if this is her and she's has to kind of you know a real robot without self-awareness would not have an emotional response to this scenario and by responding to it in that way uh she is giving away that she is different that she's you know so she's blown she's not just putting herself in physical danger by trying to confront this guy she is um possibly blowing her cover as a sentient robot which is most likely likely illegal or getting going to get her dismantled or recalled or something um there's a lot of meat on that science fiction bone there uh, there's, there's a. There's That's what I'm a, saying. I love the concept. Yeah. It's just the execution yeah, is it's so just, bad. I think uh, uh, Jim Sterling, um, who I agree and disagree with, pretty in evenly measure, most of the time, yeah. uh, put, did a write up about this uh, in which he said a lot of the things I said. I also thought about it, but said it probably better than I would. Um, but he had because he's also he's a he's a survivor of of abuse. Oh, I wasn't aware um, of that. And so he finds this to be. Not offensive, but he finds it to be laughably simplistic, basically, yeah. which I think is also true. Yeah. Um, and he said, basically said, uh, you know, which I agree with, uh, the subject matter is absolutely viable for a game to tackle. Uh, David Cage just doesn't have the ability to do it. He's never well proven enough. that he has the ability no. to do it. Anytime his games deal with I mean, serious look, themes, that's where they fall flat. The guy can't write a convincing CSI investigation scene. He's yeah. not going to be able to handle child abuse and racism. Yeah, like it's, it's, it's the, the nuance is not there. And I know he's not because really writing the, this, the undertones but... of this really is racism. I mean, of this mm-hmm. game on the whole, because it's all about. He claims there's no message there, but it's like. Okay. Really, you're, you're, you're a good one. An underclass, an underclass of, of of manufactured slaves doesn't have a parallel there. Really, yeah. you're gonna, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's robot. You know, robot manservants have served that. You know, I mean, the I, Matri- I will say this much: the origin of the Matrix from the Animatrix was exactly that. I mean, there's, there's a lot of that material is not new. I will say this much, Matt: I'm not a fan of his games. I didn't mm-hmm. like Heavy Rain. I have. Vaguely enjoyed parts of all of his games, but have never really wholeheartedly recommended any of them. And I think all of, his, like, all of his games are kind of like, well, that's a really interesting idea. And that's pretty and much that's where about it as ends. far as it goes. It's like, but yeah. I will say, every time I have ever criticized his work, I get feedback from people like railing on me about it. Like some people have said, like Heavy Rain is one of my favorite games of all time, and like, well, that's their problem. So, <laughs> so his games are resonating with people in some way. Yeah, but I think partly they resonate because it's like that desperate need or desire for games to be art, capital A or yeah. whatever. And you know, David Cage to his I mean, people call David Cage a hack, and I don't think that's accurate because. A hack is someone who just sort of does the job to get paid and get the job done. He cares. Without, and, and David Cage clearly cares yeah. about what he's made. That is not a hack. Yeah. He's just not, not as good. Not as talented as he thinks he is, enough. I guess. I think the problem is he bites off more than he yeah. can chew. Certainly. He tries to tackle... Thematically, that's definitely right. true. He tries to tackle themes and topics that he is just not equipped as a writer to mm-hmm. handle deftly. Yeah. And I think... 
And it's little things where like the lack of verisimilitude in places and, and the lack of it, you know, the attention to detail in some things, attention to, you know, falling by the wayside and other things. And just huge frickin' plot holes. Plot That's holes. My biggest problem heavy rain. Is, heavy rain is one giant plot hole through yeah. most of it. There's a total, there's, you know, the origami thing is completely unexplained and he tries to claim that that's an intentional thing for you to draw your conclusions. Like, no, it's a no, cut plot, plot No, you just thread. didn't catch it. There's a bunch get, of stuff in that game that's I, just total malarkey. Oh, there's, I mean, come, it comes down to stuff like, I mean, look, that game takes place in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. You look at the freeway signs, the yeah, Philadelphia yeah. police station is full of cops with French accents. It's yeah, like, yeah. What, are, what are you doing? Like, what... Well, how about the fact that she, you have a whole box of clues, and instead of just ripping the box open and reading them all so you can solve it, you open them up one by one, one, by one across yeah. like weeks and weeks. And it's every, like, what? And there's, it's like there's always going to be a scene somewhere in each game where like you have to watch the one of the female characters shower right. in a really creepy way. <laughs> And like it's just, it, it, there's a lot of issues. And going there's on a lot there. of mundanities and banalities, yeah. and yeah. And, and like comparisons get made to Kojima with him, where it's like, oh, well, Kojima also focuses on story and weird convoluted stuff. And I, here's the thing, Kojima hires some people to put some gameplay between those right. things. You know, like it feels to me like, like Kojima might be working on a different in a different room from the gameplay people right. on his games, but I feel like David Cage doesn't have any gameplay people. No, he, he, just, he writes a script and then like people have like, to, just make it work. People have to desperately figure out where to put the button prompts yeah. during the scene. You know to what I mean? Rationalize they it find some branching points, but that's not really gameplay. And I, 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 I we were playing. Uh, my girlfriend and I were playing. Uh, Hidden Agenda this week, which uh, by the Until Dawn guys. It's a PlayLink game. PlayLink game where you basically you hook up with your phones and you you everybody who's playing has to pick different decisions. It's like it's like Heavy Rain. It's a choose a your own bit. adventure. Choose your own adventure with like some choose your own adventure. or competitive. You can do it either way. I think it works better if you have more than two people. Yeah, <laughs> Cause, probably. Because then it's just basically a series of tiebreakers. <laughs> um, but it's a similar thing where like. The it's the presentation is pretty good, but like just the writing isn't there. Like the writing yeah. is about on par with like an early two thousands Nickelodeon show, and I mean like, that's kind of where we're at with video games. But it's like when when you honest, simplify I mean. it down to kind of that choose your own adventure, quick time event sort of thing. All I have to look at and grab onto is the story and the presentation. You are you are voluntarily making your game a cinematic experience, and in this day and age. That means you gotta live up. You are taking away your opportunity to distract. Right. You're <laughs> right out of the you're gate. Throwing you're throwing just... the crutch away and yeah. being like, "Watch me dance," and you better know how to tap. And you better son. be Michael Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, it's not gonna work. That's a good way to describe it, actually. So, I'm still pre just because of the theme of this game. Like again, I think it's mm -hmm. a it's a good setup. It's really interesting. It's something that. Even if the game doesn't do a good job of making me think about it, I'm going to think about it on my own. Right. It is an interesting premise. Yeah. Like the premise has potential and, and, and promise, and I will still play it because, you know, I'm interested to see where it goes. And even if I, even if I don't get it, even I just sit there and sort of facepalm the whole time, like, usually... At David, least that's a reaction. It's a reaction. And also, <laughs> usually, even when they're executed poorly, David Cage does tend to have interesting ideas underlying... Yeah. Even the most embarrassing of his scenes. Yeah. You know, you can see what he's after. And I think what he's after most of the time is an admirable goal. But the man... He's need... not the Uwe Boll of no. video game development. No. I, I wouldn't put him down that far, but... No, but he uh, he might be the Zack Snyder. Yeah, yeah. I think that's you know? a good like, analogy. He's just sort of like sitting there, you know, not quite able to reach what he's trying to reach for. But I appreciate that he's reaching for it. Like, and I, he does care. He does. He does yeah. care. He's, tr he's, he's trying to push the medium forward. Yeah. 
Um, I just feel like he might want to hire a few more pushers to go with him. Yeah. You know, he, and I feel like he's not writing this one on his own, so you know, maybe there'll be some hope here. Yeah. But this scene did not encourage me. Yeah, it's not encouraging well. at all. And for him to release it at Paris Games Week, which well, is I think, turning I think, into Sony Week pretty right. much. Well, I think a lot of the heat he gets, especially from this, was like the follow-up interview where someone asks, like, do you think that's really you know, a nuanced portrayal of this re- very real human issue. And he's like, would you ask a question of an author? Or right. a like, if they sh- made yeah, that... I yeah, 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 I would. Yeah, I absolutely would, would. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, we'll see. This game comes out middle of next year? Yeah, sounds right. Sometime next year. I think so. So we don't have to w- I won't have long to wait. We don't have long to wait for a lot of the stuff that was shown at uh, Paris Games Week by Sony. Uh, probably the bi- the biggest... Well... I don't know. The probably the one that's going to matter to people's pocketbooks the most in the most immediate sense is Destiny 2 DLC, the first batch of right. DLC. Um, you're a much bigger Destiny 2 player than I am. Mm. You've played much longer than I have. I well, kind of finished the campaign, right? So. But I finished the campaign and tried to inch towards the raid and never really got there. Yeah, I, I topped out around like I think my power level ended up around 280. Yeah. And I know people that are in the 300s by now, you know, but like... It's crazy. Not even doing the raid. They're just sort of grinding away, slowly building the numbers. I don't understand numbers. how people can do it, man. Because yeah, they, they don't have anything else to play. <laughs> They've, you know, I've, I'm, I've been pulled into Assassin's Creed at this point. Like, yeah. that's basically all I'm doing right now. He said au revoir um, to... Yeah. <laughs> to Destiny. It's pretty much. I mean, I'll go back to it when this comes out, you know, which is December, I think it is. And it's called Curse of Osiris? Cur- uh, Curse of Osiris sounds right, yeah. Or Trials of Osiris, I can't remember. Trials of Osiris, I think, was, was some kind of from the first multiplayer event. From the thing. yeah, right, right. Um, this is an actual expansion. Yeah, it's got uh, a brand new chapter of the mm-hmm. campaign to play as, and there's some kind of crazy thing where this like legendary guardian shows up, and mm-hmm. which is not totally un- unlike the uh, Rise of Iron expansion, where they had another. Legendary Guardian. How did that work, up. though? Did you actually play as a Legendary Guardian? Or no, he was he was a... just part of the story, God, part, of the, yeah. part of the background. And so he... that'll probably be the case for this, too. You're still playing your character. Yeah. I'm oh, good. yeah. Okay. It, the way this trailer is set up, it makes it seem like you play as... There he no. is right there. You no, play this is, as this is like the Rise of Iron, where like they had that big guy with the hammer and stuff who was kind of the guardian of that new the new area it takes place in and when you went there you went in and you talked to him and he was kind of one of your quest givers uh, okay so this so, guy's just going to give you quests basically either that or he'll be yeah he'll be he'll be involved i mean it looks like somehow. he's yeah it looks like he's in action in some way mm-hmm. shape or form it, is, and it does mean you're going to you're going to get some cool egyptian themed stuff I'm, in, I'm into that like i mean already there's some egyptian themed gear in the game obviously I have, I have a gun that has like the wings of thoth or something on it once but, you finish uh, this, that. will he ultimately be a permanent installation? Uh, he will probably be in that new area. He there, will be. And you'll be able to go like get like reputation grinding from oh, okay. it or something like that. That's that's usually if how they it's handle it the way they handled it before. Yeah, that's, okay. It's, it's kind of a formula to these things. Yeah, so. that's why I asked you because I knew you played the crap out of the first Destiny, and I, I will say I played Destiny two more than I played Destiny one, mm-hmm. uh, a lot more actually. I, I stuck around a lot longer after I finished the campaign in the second one that yeah. I did for the I mean, first. I still played some some post game stuff, but like in the end, new stuff came out, and I just sort of fell around, fell out of it. I will continually go back to this game every time they put out like an expansion like this. Though every time you give me a new story to play, I will play that, and that will probably suck me in and get me to play more of the extraneous stuff. And I'll probably stick with it for a couple weeks and then move on to something else, you know. But that's all I really ask of Destiny. It's not like yeah. I'm paying a subscription fee, you know. Yeah. 
and I bought the one, the thing with the the pass on it and stuff, so it's going to automatically drop into my download. drop into my install folder. So yeah, I'm ha I'm happy with it. I'm 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 and I'm glad it's this fast. I I, di I actually didn't think we'd get the first expansion until sometime next spring. Yeah, I mean it's coming in December twelfth. Yeah. Is that right? That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. So literally only like five Very or six quick. weeks away. Um, probably the biggest story, though, at least in my personal opinion, mm -hmm. uh, from Sony's Paris game we, games we're showing was the brand new Sucker Punch game. Mm -hmm. uh, we've been wondering what the heck Sucker Punch has been working on for a long time. It it had said that it was going to move on from Infamous. I wasn't mm -hmm. convinced that that was going to be the case, but it said it was, and it finally unveiled its brand new game, which is called Ghost of Tsushima. What do you think of this, Matt? Uh... Well, a few weeks ago, we had I think we had a question or something about um, basically like if you had an unlimited budget, what would you make? And my answer was uh, the same answer I've had for a long time, which is I would make an open world feudal Japan samurai ninja game. And apparently, I need a new answer to that. Yeah, yeah, because here it they're comes. They're making it. <laughs> they uh, are. I'm very excited about this. Didn't you, wasn't Neo enough to kind of scratch that itch for you, though? No. No. Because Neo is more of a Dark Soulsy thing, and yeah. this is more of like an open world action adventure, kind of more on the infamous side as opposed to the Dark Souls side. This is more what I would be after. I, uh, I, I will admit, I was a little disappointed that this was Sucker Punch's new game. Not I, because I I'm not interested in it. I had no real expectations of a new Sucker Punch game, I guess I would say. I, I had no guesses. As to I never would have guessed this. No. In a million years. Like, no, this but I, wouldn't, I had no idea what they would do next, really. You know, I, I believed that they were done with Infamous. Infamous had kind of run its course. Yeah. Uh, and I felt like they're probably not going to go back to Sly to the point that they even already handed the Sly 4 off to somebody else. Right. Um, so clearly it's going to be something new, but I don't know those guys well enough to know what their interests would be. So. It just seems very odd to me to have a Western development team creating this game. Mm. Does it not to you, though? Like, I... I don't know. It looks good. I mean, I'm excited for it, and I think it looks interesting. And... I mean, as long as they're not making all the characters white, who cares? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, they're going to have to do it with some, you know, some authenticity and some real input and hopefully cast Asian voice actors as most of these characters yeah. like i mean have some respect for for the kind of thing you're doing don't don't just make it like some kind of weird and i think they do i mean I, it looks like yeah, it looks they like they're going legit with it yeah. I, I feel like that's there so i don't know and, and i don't know who's directing and working on this have thing. they even announced that it's an open world game i mean i'd assume because everything i've seen says open it. world so i don't, I don't know if everything I've, I've seen from various places calls it open world so i assume either everyone's assuming the same thing or uh sucker punch has not corrected anyone well it would seem crazy if it weren't. It seems like their thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even the Sly games were pretty open for their yeah, day. For that genre, at least. Yeah. Um, it just seems to me like I, I a game like this. I think you just leave to Japan to create. I don't know about that because Japan doesn't really do open world too well. Yeah. Not so far. Like, I mean, even Neo is not. Uh, I mean, not Neo. Near. Automata is is automata, whatever the hell. Automata. Like, there's like open world stuff, <laughs> but like you know, in Fan like five different ways. Like to Final say Fantasy it. 15, all that. Like I don't feel like they quite have a handle on how that. No, works. they don't. You're absolutely and, right. They don't. I mean, really, in terms of Japanese developed open world games, the only thing that really jumps out at me is like, wow, that was really good. Is Zelda? Yeah. Breath of the Wild, and like we have the new Dynasty Warriors coming up, Matt. Don't you think that's gonna 
set new paradigms in open know. world. I mean, you know, I don't know. I play in Fall, Fire Emblem Warriors. I kept, feel, I keep feeling like, you know, I would really, I like this better if I had a more kind of open place to run around and it wasn't quite so segmented up into levels. Yeah. Maybe that new Dynasty Warriors approach is what will hook me back. Maybe that's Could what be. it needs. Maybe, 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 maybe they're not wrong. But um, I mean, in terms of of a, of a developer that knows how to make these open world games make them feel good and make them work properly, like. Sucker Punch is up there. Yeah, yeah, they're and great. Yeah. This subject matter and this this era is something that I'm really interested in. I've I've kind of hoped that they might do an Assassin's Creed in the feudal Japan era. Uh, I understand why they're not too interested in it because it doesn't lend itself too well to the tall building thing. Yeah. Uh, or running around on rooftops or whatever. Although to be fair, I don't spend a lot of time on rooftops in Assassin's Creed Origins either. I mostly ride my horse around and run around in the streets. So. Yeah. Uh, parkour is not, oddly enough, not Assassin's Creed Origins' strong suit, and uh, I think it's beginning to prove that you don't really need that to be an. But it has game. to be there. It has to be there. Yeah, <laughs> it has to. But, I mean, that's what that series was built on, oh, yeah. really. And it's funny how but, it's evolved now. To but where there's it's... like not a lot of like moments where they force it on you in yeah. Origins, and so maybe they get. But like, I mean, we don't really know enough to to judge one way or the other on Ghost of Tsushima, but like. Um, I'm I'm very open to being enthusiastic about it because of who's making it. Sony's really brave. Like if you look at this lineup of games that it showed at Paris Games Week, like you don't other than maybe Spider-Man, it's kind of hard to find a game that you just know is going to hit mainstream explode, sell 10 million copies instead of mm. 3 or 4 million copies. I mean, I admire Sony for that. Yeah, and I mean, we'll see. Like they they give their their if they give their proven uh, developers a lot of leeway. It Definitely. Seems like. yeah. And I'm you know if this is a situation if this is a scenario like uh, Horizon Zero Dawn where Godzilla, Godzilla games Gorilla Games <laughs> had been working on Killzone forever and yeah. then they got a chance to make this thing they really wanted to make. What if if you know this is if this is Sucker Punch's Horizon. Horizon Zero Dawn. If it's the thing they've I'm wanted down. to make yeah. while they've been toiling away on these endless, infamous updates, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. you know, you let Sucker Punch loose, and I'm on board, no matter what it is, really. Yep. Uh, just kind of tying up some loose ends from Paris Games Week. Uh, Sony, I mean, in addition to showing all these huge games and the first looks that we've seen at a lot of them ever, and mm -hmm. in other cases since E3. Uh, Sony really kind of filled out the menu yeah. in a lot of ways. It focused... No Days Gone, though. What'd you say? No Days Gone. Yeah. Yep. Which I, my, my, was more of an American game. Yeah, still curiously absent, though, I think. Yeah. Yeah I, yeah, I noticed that, too. I was like, where is that game? That's why I thought at first that Last of Us 2 might have been that when they first right. started running, because I was expecting it. Yeah. Was, well, know. we've been told, basically, Last of Us isn't coming for, yeah. like, till 2019, so... I can see where you might think it's mm. the game that they have shown at every convention for the last two years. Um... But otherwise, Sony's really filled out the menu uh, on PlayStation platforms at Paris Games Week. I was starting to wonder what was up with PlayStation VR. I was wondering mm. what's up with indies. Sony showed a megaton of indie games at Paris Games Week. I mean, it was a <laughs> it was a bitch to curate because <laughs> they literally announced like I don't know like fifteen brand new indie games at its press conference. Obviously, Guacamelee mm. two. Is one of them, and like all that, like Wario sixty four was was tweeting out like all the announcements as they happen, and when the indie game stuff happened, it it felt like my phone was ringing. Yeah, it was just constant, like this, 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 this Guacamelee got all the, it just wasn't stopping. There's this game that looks almost like Journey in the Sky. Mm -hmm. I think that's called Awar. Um, 
Guacamelee 2, as we said. Apex. Uh, I can't remember what the second part of that. Apex Construct was mm, the name of one mm. of them. Um, Megalith Sprint Vector, which is almost like a Jet Set Radio style yeah. game. Um, which is which was really cool. Um, oh, this one with the, with the sound. Which one was it? Yeah, yeah. This one is the horror game with the sound. The uh, Loco Roco action and. Oh, this that was called Splint, Sprint or Splint or something like that. Mm. I can't remember what it was called. That monochromatic. Yeah, one. I've heard. It, I know I've seen that before. Um, and then there's Gardens in Between. That was that like cooperative, like kind of circular mm-hmm. adventure game. Uh, there's Ultra Wings, which is like a like a flight sim. There's this one, Born to, or Bout of Blood, which is like an airship arena combat. I mean, <laughs> it's just. On and on, man. Like, I was blown away by how many indie games Sony debuted at this. And yeah. big ones, too. Like, Guacamelee 2 is a timed exclusive for PlayStation. Which mm. seems crazy, considering now the first one's on, like, every Everything. platform that Sony managed to secure the sequel. And I I don't know. I liked Guacamelee. I didn't like it a, a lot as many as many other mm-hmm. people. But I did enjoy it. This is Megalith here, which I couldn't quite figure out what it is. They didn't show much of it. Um... But yeah, Sony just recommitted itself to indie games. And not just recommitted itself to indie games, but committed itself to exclusives, to spending money on securing mm-hmm. things that you're going to be able to play first on PlayStation. And to which me, that's... Some, yeah, which, I mean, we were questioning that around E3, where yeah. like, you know, Sony just doesn't seem to go all in on the indies anymore. And, and that kind of kind of become Nintendo's job. And this was probably part of the plan all along, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. I mean, at least that's what I think. Uh, I think it knew that Paris Games Week was going to be its big indie yeah. thing, and it could blow out the bigger budget AAA stuff at E3. So, And I think the other thing to note is, like, in this little montage you see here, like, Look how good some of these look. Yeah, yeah. Like some of these you wouldn't know were indie were indie titles. Well, Loco Roco Two is like in 4K. <laughs> like they completely like upresed all the assets oh, yeah. for it and everything. Um, just a great lineup of indie stuff. Like really mm. interesting stuff, unique concepts. Uh, I was really impressed with how they kind of filled out their uh, their release calendar coming up for the next six months with some of the smaller mm. stuff. And then PlayStation VR. So. This is like the one-year anniversary of PlayStation VR. Yep. And literally, like, the day of the one-anniversary of PlayStation VR, CCP Games, Mm -hmm. which has been one of the leading developers in VR since all the PC HMDs launched, basically said it's completely bailing on VR. Mm -hmm. And it has not worked out for it. It has also consequently made some of the best VR games, Eve Valkyrie. Yeah. Well, well, I think part of the problem is Eve Valkyrie. Eve Gunjack. Too, too expensive. You mean to buy? Yeah. Or to create? To, to buy. buy. It's 60 bucks. A lot of, that's a lot of money for a multiplayer-only space sim. No, you're right. I, I agree. And I think I think they're, the VR in general is starting to come to grips with what people will be willing to pay mm-hmm. for VR content. But So that happens. And then Paris Games Week's coming up. And I'm like, oh man, so this is a this is pivotal for PlayStation VR. And what does Sony do? Sony blows out PlayStation VR, like debuts like 15 brand new games for PlayStation VR. I think for myself and I think for a lot of people out there, it was it was great to hear. Because mm. I think a lot of people are starting to wonder, hey, what's going on? Like one of the questions on Pactor Factor this week was like, hey, is like PlayStation VR like gonna go away? Is it gonna be replaced? Is it gonna be obsolete? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people who've invested a lot of money in PlayStation VR were starting to wonder, like, has Sony just given up? And it, nothing could be further from the truth. Yeah. I, I mean, I think 
as someone who owns VR, PlayStation VR and Vive, like I feel like PlayStation VR is is really beaten beaten the competition. It's right? the one to own. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Technology-wise, it's inferior, but it's actually getting, like, legitimate mm. support, whereas the other one's, like... But what else is technologically inferior? The Switch. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's the one that's got Mario on it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know? It doesn't matter what the tech is as long as the game's fun. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And uh, so it was encouraging to see Sony doubling down mm-hmm. at the one-year anniversary of PlayStation VR and making sure that not, not only is there software, not only is it getting the ports from Vive and Rift, but just like with indies, it is investing capital in getting exclusives or at mm-hmm. least time-exclusive content coming to the platform. You're starting to see now, too, on PlayStation VR, all the VR experience stuff is coming over, like uh, the Stranger Things mm-hmm. stuff that was only previously on Oculus Rift and Vive is now announced yeah, as coming over to PlayStation VR. VR is definitely being included in the... Yep. Like, if we're going to make a, a VR promotional thing, it's got to be on that, too. It's going to be on that, too. So... It's encouraging to see. I was really starting to wonder there. I'm sure a lot of people were. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, PlayStation like we, VR still isn't cheap. It's a big investment. Yeah, and, but it's like we said back before it came out. Like you know, the you know the ultimate question is going to be: Is Sony going to be willing to stick with this as long as it takes to make it a success, or are they going to do that thing like they did with the Move, where they just sort of backed away or and, the iToy or ran or a million other things right. that Sony's launched? And um, and it feels like they're sticking. And this game, in particular, is like a full-fledged, like, shooter set mm-hmm. in the London, like, mob underground. Like, they're not just creating, like, minigame experiences, although there, there are those. But there, yeah. it, it I is... I mean, the factor is going to remain that VR works very well for a quick, bite-sized arcade-style experience, in part because people can only wear the headset so long before they want to barf. Yeah, like, or just they're sweating so badly. Yeah, it's, just, like, it's not yeah. a comfortable thing for, you know, a, for a, a long, long period term. of time. Yeah, so... Man, I just got to say, Sony destroyed Paris Games Week. Absolutely mm-hmm. incredible showing uh, the breadth of not just the genres and the styles of games, but across all its platforms at all different price points. Uh, whether you're talking about DLC, brand new games, game debuts, uh, new showings for highly mm-hmm. anticipated games, PlayStation VR, indie, just across the board, Sony just wrecked it. It was amazing to see. Like, I had very low expectations for Paris Games Week. I woke up, and man, I just started, it was just like, wow, like, I cannot believe Sony dedicated so much to this show. Uh, But it's good to see, with the year kind of winding down, all the big games coming out, it's always good to get kind of that look into the future to see what's coming next. So, kudos to Sony. Mm -hmm. I'm really impressed with what it did at at Paris Games Week. I love that there's another show that's become, like, an event. Mm -hmm. Um, It'll be interesting to see now what happens kind of at the Game Awards after all this stuff has kind of been blown out and all these games have been shown again. Uh, Keeley always has a way, though, uh, Mm of making sure that there's plenty of compelling stuff on the show. So... And Keeley will trust on that one, yeah. but man, you have I, some uh, Death Stranding reveal. There, yeah, right? I mean, it'll be in, probably, but it'll be interesting to talk to Jeff after the Game Awards is over and mm-hmm. get the stories. I did not know because he'll tell after everything's over, he'll tell right. me like, yeah, you know, I was trying to get mm-hmm. Ghost of Tsushima and like I had it and then they took it away and like I'm sure there's been all this behind the scenes stuff going mm-hmm. on where he's been trying to get this stuff secured for the Game Awards and ultimately. Yeah, I did not know until account. recently that uh, Death Stranding is using the same engine and tech as uh, Horizon. Yeah, yeah, he they licensed the tech. Don't you remember when uh, Kojima went and did that world tour? Yeah, he, that's what he was doing. He was mm. shopping for engines. Right. So he would go. I didn't realize the same thing. Yeah, that's what's a good uh, pick. Yeah, a good, cho- a real good choice. 
So, yeah, I'm guessing, I mean, Kojima and Keeley are pretty good buddies. Yeah. I'm guessing we'll probably see the first, like, legitimate gameplay of Death Stranding at the Game Awards. I hope so, anyway. That would be really exciting. So, let's move along. That's like uh, a month out, yeah? Yeah. Well, just, yeah, December. So, mm-hmm. a month and a week or something like that, I guess. So, it won't be long. Uh, if you guys have watched Game Face at all, then you know Matt and I are huge fans of a small studio called Housemark. Um, we're not blind. We're not blind loyalists, though. I mean, mm. Matterfall came out, which was its last last release. We weren't. We were kind to it. We enjoyed yeah. it, but we were honest about it, and we weren't huge fans of it. But what, it wasn't. It wasn't in uh, Next Machina. No, Next Machina. Yeah, we were yeah. all over that. Which is ironic because apparently Next Machina apparently did not sell very well. It did not. Uh, you know what though? I will say, I recommend games all the time on this show. And I will say, of the games that I have recommended over the last 10, 12 months, the one I get the most thanks for from people who literally will take the time to to tweet at me or drop me a message on Facebook or in chats on live streams, Next Machina Mm -hmm. is the game that people thank me for recommending more than any other game this year. Well, that was, I mean, it was not... It was not. It's not a mainstream pick. No. And I so during our twenty-four-hour uh, Patreon drive stream, it was our, I don't know, like twenty-two, and it was like seven in the morning. I had been up for like over twenty-four hours already, and I put this in. And man, my eyes trying to play this game. <laughs> it like I think I, I actually did okay. Like I, but it was hard. Like I had to really concentrate mm. to play it. But but yeah, next Machina, basically bombed. It did not sell well at all. I mean, Rezo Gun. You wonder if that would have done all that well if it wasn't given away free mm-hmm. uh, it, at the launch of PS4 is like one of the first uh, PlayStation Plus freebies. Uh, but basically, what happened is Housemark has come out and said that it is abandoning its style of games, uh, which is our twin stick shooters. Essentially, mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of like twin stick arcade experiences or something. Yeah. Like that. Uh, which is a real shame because nobody does it better than Housemark. Nobody does it. Nobody does it. <laughs> like, and maybe we see now maybe for, that's why, for good yeah. reason. And maybe you know, maybe a part of it too is that we're older and we still appreciate this style of game. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of people don't anymore. But uh, yeah, Housemark has decided it's not shutting, shuttering, which is no, good. Yeah. Um, which could have happened. It is, it is staying in business. It's just going to shift its development focus over towards, I'm guessing, more mainstream yeah, I don't genres. Know. They, 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 said, they said we'll be surprised, I guess. Like, I don't know. I don't know what would surprise me. But, I mean, what does that even really mean? I don't it's know. like. I mean, I get, maybe if they're making, like, driving games starring raccoons or something. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of ways to surprise me. I don't, I don't know. I mean, you're to... so good at what you do. You're the, you're the best in the world at what you do, in all honesty. Yeah. I mean, let's just be completely frank. No one makes twin stick shooters better than Housemark. And uh, you're just going to just bail on that. It's like, is that the right move? Or are you get moving well, into genres you've never created before? No, it's not working. I mean, they haven't been sticking to one genre, really. They've been applying the twin stick shooter idea to a to bunch another, of different yeah. concepts. That's what Matterfall was, essentially. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I mean, they, tr- they you can't say they didn't try. No? Like, they, they gave it the old college try three or four times. And, you know, it's either, you know, when it becomes... Uh, as Charlie Brown would say, Sydney or the Bush. Yeah, you you have you have to pick what you think is going to be successful. So I don't begrudge them their decision. I just wonder if it really means that House Mark ultimately is going to 
be done. I mean, it's probably not a crazy notion to say Housemarque's got one game left in them. Yeah. And if this la- this one game remains isn't the hit they need it to be, that's the end. And I wonder, too, if we'll see the elements in this new game that we've seen, the Rescue the Humans, mm-hmm. the Voxels, and yeah, all that. Because that, that's the thing. The studio has its mark. Yeah, it's got its style. It does. It, there are certain elements that are in every game. I mean, I would, I would say, like, if you're willing to pick up a controller, you should play Next Machina. Yeah. Like, there's just a, there's a, a, there's an unbridled gaming joy in Next Machina that very few things offer. Uh, and it works if you want to sit and marathon it. It works if you want to play, like, a quick, quick round or two. Uh, it's just, it's just a lot of fun to play. And it's you'll, a constant, here's what you'll constant treat. Here's what I love about it is that you'll surprise yourself playing this yeah. game. Because there are moments when you play this game you're like, oh, I'm dead. Oh, I'm not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's, uh, I don't know. I love it. I highly recommend going to pick it up. And like I said, I recommend a lot of games. And this is the game that everyone thanks me for. Um, yeah, this the last is definitely, year. like, if we were going to do, like, a pleasant surprise category at the end of the year, like, this would probably win it for me. Like, yeah. I I picked this up because I liked Housemark's previous stuff. And I was like, I'll support him. And, I'm, you know, I will, it's another. It was also, like, kind of in the... A slightly dead period and I'm like oh it's one more thing to talk about on the show but like I really enjoyed it like it's a it's a it's a good one and I go back to it give house marks some love before they may end up going on their way people it's worth the money that you spend on this game I promise so I hope or I hope I'm wrong mm-hmm. I hope I'm completely wrong and I at hope the very I'll... least when the steam holiday sale comes around make sure this is this is on your list yeah i mean i hope i'm wrong i hope house mark goes on and makes one of the best games ever and it yeah. has nothing to do with twin stick shooting yeah i hope their their open world crime syndicate uh, mystery game is amazing yep <laughs> exactly <laughs> whatever it is it deserves far better than it's got so best of best of luck house mark hopefully you guys can stick around you can create something amazing um because you certainly deserve it you deserve mm-hmm. better than what you've got over I mean, the last I, half I, I think sony should have picked them up and and just funded them to make like awesome little things like this forever yeah but didn't happen that's so. why, probably why i don't own a game publisher so, yeah so, well, i'm sure like, sony probably looks at it like we already helped them out when we yeah. chose Resogun. Resogun. Yeah. To, so we'll see but i wish you guys best of luck you guys have been an amazing studio and hopefully you can continue on so that's we're going to talk about probably the only really big announcement from microsoft from paris games week which was the release date for Player Unknown's Battlegrounds for Xbox One. And that also makes it the release date on PC, right? I guess. Like they're like, saying they, they're going to go 1.0 that day? or I, we, I waffled on that. I'm like, so do I change the release date in our database to December 12th? Mm-hmm. Or does it stay as the day it went to early access on PC? I left it mm. <laughs> as the early access date. I did not change it. Uh See, to me, the release date is 1.0. Yeah. Because otherwise, it's not early access. Well, I think it's just it, access. It, I think if you work in the studio that creates games, I think they would agree with you. I think they would mm-hmm. say, once we get to 1.0, that's when it's released. Um, but having played like PUBG for so long, it seems absurd to say the game hasn't been released yet. I mean, I've spent so many hours playing this game yeah, already. Well, it's early access. That's the whole point. You have accessed it early. Uh, yeah, but usually early access, with a few exceptions, this game and Ark Survival Evolved, generally early access lasts like a month or two. Man, I'll talk to the Star Citizen fans well, about yeah. that one. <laughs> Has that game ever been in early access, well, technically? Still, oh, yeah. It's been yeah. in early access for like three years. I mean, that's what that's what the, the hangar module thing is. Oh, like, okay. Uh, yeah, the thing that was supposed to go to 3.0 last December and it still hasn't. Yeah. That they've shown off. 
they've shown off that the update to that module two games comes in a row now. Wow. So yeah, early access means a lot of things to a lot of people. I and, guess, uh, but I think in general, like Star Citizen like, isn't out yet. Yeah, I, I'll tell you that much. You but know, in general, it usually lasts like a month or two. Like it never drags on for like a whole year. It drags on. Like a lot, all, <laughs> a lot of the early access stuff I had, I have like has dragged on. Yeah, long time. Path of Exile was in early access forever. Uh, Shroud of the Avatar has been in early access for like four years. I mean, early access just means we're not actually done yet. So don't judge us on how terrible it is. But play you can play alpha. it. Yeah. yeah, you can play your alpha until we call it not an alpha anymore. And then we call it a beta. Right. And then we let everybody play it yeah. for free. And then we call it a <laughs> 1.0, and now it's now it's a real game. Yeah. Yay! You know. So look, the Xbox One version is going to be 1.0. Yeah. I mean, it's coming out December 12th. Uh, I think what I wanted to talk about in the larger context um, is how big of a deal is this for Microsoft? Um, I mean, I guess we'll see, but I would like to think it is a pretty big it's deal. It's a huge deal. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a huge deal. I mean, I don't think Fortnite's Battle Royale mode has stolen that much thunder off this thing. Yeah. You would hope not. I wouldn't think so. Um, still no confirmation that it's coming to PS4. We have it listed as a PS4 game in our database, though, because mm-hmm. you know it's going to happen eventually. I think if this was only on Xbox, we'd know about it by now. Like, yeah. As in, like, forever only going Well, to yeah, because Microsoft would be marketing it. Right, right. <laughs> like, there'd already be TV commercials on television saying, you can only play this right. on Xbox and One. And I mean, like, that would be a smart move for them, but I, if I'm, if I'm uh, Blue Hole, the makers of this... I think I want the PlayStation sales. Yeah, oh, for yeah. sure. Unless yeah. you're going to give me way... I mean, maybe you're going to give me just you know, 50% on top of what I expect to make selling it on PlayStation 4. Yeah. Which I feel like Microsoft may or may not be willing to do. Microsoft should be willing to do that. Yeah. I mean, you spend $4, $4 billion on Minecraft. Like This isn't probably a bad investment at half that. But uh, I think the other thing is, like, everybody's wondering, like, you know, if you're Microsoft and you're thinking about doing that, you got to be sitting back and being, like, keeping a real close eye on Battle Royale and Fortnite. Right. And seeing, like, okay, so can this just be duplicated or is there a real loyalty to this? I mean, the thing sold 19 million copies. Fortnite People got to be invested, right? Yeah, Fortnite's Battle Royale just hit, like, 900,000 concurrent players mm-hmm. over last weekend. I mean, clearly the mode so is a hit. It's so the question, up there. the question becomes, like, will people stick with PUBG? Is PUBG the thing that people love, or is it the mode that people love? And I think there's definitely a loyalty to PUBG in terms of the experience it creates. And Fortnite is a very different experience. The question is going to come when another game that looks like this and plays like this comes out and is a direct competition to it. And will people flock to it because it's slightly better or slightly more solid or has a as a, a theme people like better or something like, like that's a question we don't know the answer to yet well it's weird because we don't really have another example to kind of draw right. comparisons to there's very few games that become phenomenons like this mm-hmm. um so it's hard to and it really is it is kind of just a genre too it's a mode yeah it's an option and it's very rare in the industry where there's just one kind of like splinter off of a genre that becomes a sensation so we don't really have any frame of reference to draw from mm-hmm. to kind of predict what's going to happen in this case. I agree with you. There are some people who are loyal to PUBG, without a doubt. I mean, I'm not one of them. Like, I really, I, for me, it really is about the mode. It's not mm-hmm. about what the name of the game is. It's about the option. And I enjoy parts of PUBG more. I enjoy parts of Fortnite more for how they kind of tackle things. Mm-hmm. Um, I certainly like the stability of Fortnite better. Right. 
I like I like the visual aesthetic of PUBG better though. I've never I've actually never played PUBG. I've only played the Fortnite mode. But while while I enjoyed what I you know I understand the appeal of the mode, um, and I enjoyed playing it on Battle Royale. I do like the way this look. I like the more realistic kind of paramilitary look of this. Um, I don't know. I, I like each for different reasons. Yeah. Like. PUBG is pretty generic. It it's is generic, like, but I don't mind the generic. But that's why I, that's why I say like or anything. that's why I it's, say like anyone who came up with something that kind of a halfway point between like the personality of Fortnite and the the verisimilitude of of PUBG, like I feel like you could have a gold mine on your hands right there. Yeah, for sure. Especially if you sell for ten bucks less than PUBG. Yeah, um, I was concerned that this wasn't even going to come out for Xbox before the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Because they just had that event where the, they were talking to the guy who's pretty non-committal. Yeah, about... they, they weren't. He didn't seem to be very confident. <laughs> no, about it. and I was starting to wonder, and I'm like, man, Microsoft really needs this. Uh, so it's a pleasant surprise to see that it's coming out really soon. Now, one thing I would say is I watched some of the live stream. They did stream like a bunch of gameplay by Xbox ambassadors, quote unquote. And the game does not look as good on Xbox One as it does on PC, which I guess is to be expected. It's expected, yeah. But it looked pretty rough on Xbox mm-hmm. One. Um, they were not playing it on X, to the best of my right. knowledge. I think if there's one thing we've learned about people who like PUBG, they don't really care what it looks like. Yeah. It's not a pretty game. It's never been a pretty game. It's about the play. Yeah. And, and that's uh, fine. I, I support that. I mean, it's like like Nintendo used to say... GoldenEye would be fun if it was just a bunch of black and white shapes. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Well, they, when they create Mario, Mario starts out as just a cube. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> certainly, it, in, in that context, it is certainly about the, uh, the mechanics more than mm-hmm. the aesthetics. But in terms of being something that's a massive, multi-million mainstream hit, you know, graphics, graphics move copies. They do, yeah. And it'd be interesting to see if someone, man, you know, one of the big players manages to come out with something that's, you know, plays like this, but looks like you know, Battlefront 2. I think it'll be over by then. I think once this game hits Xbox, it's just going to turn into an even bigger sensation than it is mm-hmm. now. And I think at that point, like, people won't How even much call ownership? it, like, Battle Royale mode. They'll call it... It'll be, like, Roller Blades or mm. Nintendo in the 80s. It'll just be, like, PUBG. That's well, what, I, that's what I think is. it'll be. I mean, if, if, if other games start to have this, it'll, people... I mean, it'll, they'll call it whatever they call it, but right. I think people will call it PUBG mode. Yeah, for sure. Um, so... So the Good to see Microsoft matters. getting this in for Q4. How committed, really how like, how like tied to your characters are? I mean, the characters start over every time, or is like the cosmetic stuff is con- consistent? Cosmetics stay. So that's a thing like people wouldn't want to give up. Yeah, but it's a reason not to switch off of this. From game, right? you mean from PC to Xbox? No, or? I mean from PUBG to another game. Yeah, I mean, I think the bigger deal is when you talk about cosmetics is will people go from PC and start playing on Xbox? That's what would keep them mm. from doing that. Going to another game, I don't think the cosmetics will matter that much. No. But people are buying cosmetics in this game for outrageous prices. I mean, like bandanas for like $1,000 and like just crazy, crazy stuff. So um, I think most of the PC players are going to stick with PC. I don't see mm-hmm. them going over to Xbox, despite the yeah, fact... Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't think there'd be a lot of migration that way. But I think there's a lot of console-only people that want to play this. Now, see, if Microsoft were smart and it actually bought this property or bought Blue Hole or whatever... Then it could be cross-platform. People mm-hmm. could have that one unified character across both of them. Then people could buy the Xbox One version. And if I were Microsoft, I would have been a complete dick, and I would have bought this outright, and I would have had it pre-installed on every Xbox One X. Yep. And that's the only way you would get it. We're going to get to that ne- in a little until bit. Until next year. Right. 
But it's coming, folks. In five or six weeks, we'll be able to play PUBG. I know a lot of people have been wondering about this game because it's only for PC. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you own an Xbox One or if you're buying an Xbox One X, you'll be able to find out very soon. So, so we're going to talk next about EA and Switch. So we've talked on the show before about how EA had come out and said, hey, you know, we're looking at how FIFA does on Switch as a determinant mm-hmm. as to whether we are going to continue supporting the console. And then FIFA came out. Such as it is. Such as it was. <laughs> such as it was not very good for the Switch. It doesn't appear to be selling exceptionally well. The MPD report, it wasn't even a blip on the radar. Well, the UK report, the uh, 360 version outsold it. Right. In the first week. So I think it's safe to say at this point that FIFA on Switch was a failure. Mm-hmm. And so EA has come out this week and said that it is taking a continued wait-and-see approach to Switch, even now that FIFA has come out. So, at what point does a publisher like EA have to realize that it's not a problem with Nintendo, but it's a problem with the publisher? I don't know if it's a problem with the publisher. I think uh, it's partly a problem with EA not kind of putting out a product that matches up to the products on the other platforms it's putting out. But at the same time, people aren't buying a Switch to play EA games. They're buying a Switch to play exclusives for the most part or or games they already love uh portably apparently I think, I think goes. with the switch that is changing though i think that people are buying the switch not just to play nintendo's first party stuff i think people like you said they're excited see just here it's like the the partners that are making mm-hmm. games i think people are excited to play third party games on switch and take some of these big franchises i don't know how on the I, go I don't know it. if that's going to translate into real sales i am skeptical about how bethesda's games are going to sell on this thing do you think um, that is kind of the big determinant is how how does wolfenstein 2 sell that's a that's a big switch? question i think um Matter of fact, I was in Best Buy this week, and there was a couple with these two giant dogs, and they were uh, looking at the Switch display. Uh-huh. And a Best Buy guy came up and said, can I help you? And they're like, what is this? And he said, it's Nintendo's new system. He's like, and they're like, this is the new thing after the Wii? He's like, yeah, this is the new thing after the Wii U. And he's like, like, how does it work? And so the guy showed him how everything works and how it's portable and docked and all the whole thing. And he's like, and the, guy, the Best Buy guy says, do you know, uh, you, you ever play Skyrim? you ever play that? He's, and the guy goes, yeah, I played Skyrim. I really like Skyrim. He's like, yeah, Skyrim's coming to this, you know, this fall. You can be able to buy Skyrim on this. And the guy goes, but I have Skyrim. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, boing, yeah, hello. Yeah, it's like, I'm like, he, he, the guy's like, I've, you know, I've played like a like hundred hours of Skyrim. Skyrim. I don't need yeah. to do that again. Yeah. And he's like, oh, well, we've got this. And he's like, oh, Mar-. and so Mario was the thing that got his attention, basically. Uh-huh. But I think that is a very real... I mean, other than the... I, I recognize there's a cadre of people that just kind of want to spend money on a game they already own so they can play it on the toilet or something. But, like, I don't know how many people that really is. So I don't total. think it's that many, to be um, perfectly honest. No. I think it's a very low um, number. Okay. And I'm not someone who's willing to do that. So. No. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to play Skyrim on, on this. Yeah. Um, so I think the problem here is, like, especially because, like, when it comes down to kind of what EA puts out... A, EA doesn't put out a whole lot. You know, there's not a lot going on in that camp right now. Yeah, uh, well, it now it keeps cutting games that aren't games right. as a service games. And it's mostly, like, sports stuff and, like, Battlefront 2 and... Eh? Well, Battlefield? Like, yeah. next year, I guess, we'll get a Battlefield. It's just not stuff that the Switch 
handles too well. You know, it's like it's a lot of online driven stuff. It's a lot of visually driven stuff. It's like it's not really pick up and play kind of thing. It's it, I don't I don't feel like EA's games fit the Switch very well. But do you think it's fair for EA to evaluate whether it could be successful on Switch, releasing like a half-hearted port of a soccer game for the system? Do you think that's a good way to gauge whether you should continue doing business with Nintendo? Yeah. I mean, you think it's adequate? If that's, if that's how much effort they want to put into putting things on the Switch, then that is oh. an adequate, that is an accurate estimate of how well their stuff would do. That, you know? I mean, look, that's, that's a good how point, EA wants but... to play it. That's how <laughs> EA is going to play it, and that's what they have to decide on. I, I, mean, I get your point, but I also would argue that that would never ever be a recipe for success on any platform ever. Yeah, if but... if EA made FIFA like that for PlayStation Four. It would be getting crushed by Konami's Pro Evolution Soccer. Right, but I think at the same time, like you can't discount how badly FIFA sold, and the and the fact that FIFA on the Switch wasn't very good doesn't explain that by itself. Less than one percent of the copies sold were for that. The the people who are buying those games are inordinately dedicated to the PlayStation version of that of FIFA. Like yeah. that is where people play FIFA. That is the system they buy stuff for, buy FIFA for every year. Just like I don't think there's a huge people group of people clamoring to play Madden on the Switch either. Um, I don't think there's there's a hunger there for that. I feel like uh, you take you take kind of the, the but games like Need for Speed Payback. That's a game I think that could do well. Will it do well at all? Maybe. You know, like <laughs> that's, that's a good question. Actually, it's like yeah, that comes maybe... out today. Does it? It's soon. Either today or Tuesday. Is I that think this year. Yeah, I totally forgot about yeah, that. They game. just put out the launch trailer this week for it. Yeah. Wow. Yep. I remember I used to love that series. Yeah. What happened? Oh, the new one, I think, looks kind of fun. Maybe. <laughs> I'll put the, slap that one on the box. <laughs> but <laughs> looks kind of fun. Shane Satterfield. You made a good point, though. I mean, in that you look at EA's catalog, you're like, what works there? I mean, yeah. I think any Star Wars game works on a Nintendo platform. I think Need for Speed works. I don't know if Battlefront does platform. because it's so online driven. I mean, obviously the campaign would work yeah. now that it has one. Even though it sounds like it's only like two hours long. Yeah, well. Yeah. It take what you yeah. can get. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to get another Star Wars game for a long damn time. I know, I so know. <laughs> I wonder if Lucasfilm is regretting giving EA that license. It's possible. Because I feel like you should, that, they should have five games out by now. Yeah. They've had that license for over four years. Well, I'll put it to you this way they've produced more movies than games. Yeah. Think about that. And how they've <laughs> fired more directors yeah. than games <laughs> to come out. <laughs> That's so true. Uh, so I do get your point. Like the EA's library, I feel like EA just doesn't want to be involved. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and EA did the same thing with VR. They're like, ah, we'll see. You know, and they and it never did jump no, into VR. They did. They made that Battlefront VR thing because Lucasfilm paid them out of the Rogue right. One marketing budget. Make this thing to promote it, and that's it. That's that the only it. VR you get. Yeah. Um, and they did a pre- you know Dice did a good job on that, but like, I feel like you know it was kind of a. a it's just an olive branch. <laughs> it's like sure, it's we'll like do all it. FIFA yeah, one. It's oops, like didn't work. You know, it's like, like it's almost like EA's like we need to keep Nintendo around in case they do eventually change into something that we want to work yeah. with. Well, it was like someone offers you something like you don't want to eat, and they're like, just try it, and you kind of go like bite a tiny yeah. thing off. Like that's what that's what EA I did. With, yeah, that's what EA did with FIFA. Here. They bit a tiny little that bit of switch a great off. Great analogy. And that was it. <laughs> they're like, there, we tried it. Go away. Ah, go away. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's good. And I mean, in the end, it's EA's loss. It is, yeah. If if, if they decide they don't want to be in on because that. Because, look, I think the Switch is different. I think this is a console. And look, the Wii, meh, Wii U, no way. I think the Switch is a platform that EA, with the content that it has, could conceivably make lots mm-hmm. of money on. Uh, but it just has not given it a fair shot. And for it, even for it to sit back and say, okay... We're going to watch Bethesda and 2K and let them be the guinea pigs and see how they do. I don't think that that's really fair either because, again, you're getting games that have been available on other platforms, in some cases, for years. Mm. And so and Nintendo's probably incentivized them and have funded their development and things like yeah. that. So I just don't think it's fair. Somewhat. I think if you're EA, like, though, I think you... you... It's not entirely dissimilar to compare your yearly installment franchises with your you know, franchises that have already been on other platforms, like the, you know, because EA knows how invested people are with whatever platform they buy their ongoing sports games especially for, and, you know, if you're sitting there and you're EA trying to decide, are people going to switch their platform preference to jump to these handheld versions on the Switch or whatever, and especially considering, like, basically the Switch got, like, a dumbed-down version of the 360 FIFA, and, like, they're going to stop making that now. So basically they're saying, like, for, for, this, for this platform only, we will have to continue making this sort of, you know, lower-tech version of the game to put out there. And I feel like... I, it's almost That's like, what EA has always done on Nintendo right. platforms. Remember? Right. My Sims? Like, oh, they yeah. couldn't even put a normal version of The Sims on, like, the Wii... In the 3DS, they yeah. had to make my Sims. To like be this, fair, that I think this the like new, chibi version of the Sims. To be fair, the new was it the new Sims they're putting out? Is it four? Yeah. Coming out. I think that's the first time they've legitimately put the actual PC game on a console without yeah. turning it into some kind of like weird half ass weird like, thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this just seems to be how EA rolls. So, like, you know, I think the combination of them not being interested in, in working on this platform and be maybe having looked forward to being able to shut down last gen development. For these franchises, yeah. save a little bit of money. They just, I don't, I just don't think they want to do it. And making plenty of money on the mobile platform already. Yeah. Like I, I, I just feel like, I feel like it was really EA going like, there, we did it. Go away. Yeah. Like we'll, we'll come we'll back. We'll talk to you again in six if, years. Yeah. If, if you hit, <laughs> if you hit like seventy million users at some point, and like we just can't ignore you anymore, maybe we'll, they'll do something. But like, I feel like EA, EA feels like weirdly like retracted right now well, just are, in general i think the other part of it too is that it's kind of a bait and switch by ea because yeah. every time nintendo announces a new a new platform ea comes out and says unprecedented support All right we're yeah. gonna be there and then it just always bails after like two games and i think everybody i mean when the ea said that people were saying the same thing it's yeah, like, yeah we, we heard that we're before. all snickering we know yeah. you know and it's not like you know it's also i'm if you're if you're coming at it more from like the nintendo fan side i don't think it matters like yeah are you really gonna miss it's not the dreamcast days where like ea not putting games on that was one of the death knells of that system before it even launched like you don't need EA. a lot of nintendo fans aren't big sports fans and Mm -hmm. if they are they they enjoy more of the arcade style stuff which they get with the mario sports franchise Mm -hmm. and so yeah yeah. mario strikers on on the switch will be way better if they make it if, if they make it I guarantee that'll be way better than any of the FIFA stuff that EA would be willing or to play. Or Mario on. Golf instead of what is their golf franchise now? Rory McIlroy? Yeah, but I mean, that P- even exists PGA anymore? Tour or whatever. I, I, mean, I, haven't, even, I haven't even thought about uh, an EA sports golf game in years. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember the last time I played it was Tiger Woods. Yeah, I mean, on some on some accounts, you're right. It's kind of like no big loss. Mm-hmm. I would consider it more of a loss if we were still getting like. 
kind of visceral game. Star Wars game. Yeah, I mean, visceral Star Wars <laughs> yeah. game or a, or Dead Spaces or Mirror's Edges. Or... It might hurt more if the Motive game eventually comes motive out. Motive game, but like, right now EA's not really putting video games out. It's really not. I mean, they're putting sports games. It actually games, had a really bad quarter this last quarter, too. Putting out sports yeah. games, which is like, you know, like I get if you're disappointed you won't be able to take NBA, NBA Live on the go or whatever, but like, yeah. you should be playing NBA 2K anyway. Right. Absolutely so, right. <laughs> it's just, I feel like. So can we both agree? EA is only going to hurt themselves doing this, and if this is just how they want to play it, well, okay. Can we both agree that it looks like EA is done on Switch? I think so. Yeah. I think EA is so done on Switch, and unless the Switch becomes such a juggernaut that they can't ignore it anymore, and I don't see. I think EA's bar for that is so high. That they just Which is kind of ridiculous if you look at life-to-date sales of Xbox One. They're not all that incredible. Right. But at the same but time... Don't make the market, the audience on Xbox One... The market One is there, is, and also yeah. EA doesn't have to make another version of the game for that. Yeah, you know, exactly. They can just port... They're making something for you know, equ- equal Two hardware, Two or three platforms, basically. yeah. And uh, I feel like you know, that's going... Well, you can read interviews with the team that worked on FIFA for Switch... And they were like, man, we busted our butts on this. Because mm-hmm. there used to be able to just port it and just like make a couple tweaks here and there, and it's fine. They actually had to have a team this time to make sure it worked on Switch. It still ended up being a poor port mm-hmm. that didn't run well, had a lot, had missed a lot of the features that the other versions had, even after all that extra work that they put into it. So mm-hmm. it just it isn't making business sense. The Nintendo fans aren't going to miss it all that much. I, I think we've probably seen... The last of major sports franchises, or probably major action adventure-ish franchises mm-hmm. from EA on Switch, unfortunately. Yeah, although part of me wonders if like 2K Sports next year might just show up and be like, "Hey, we put 2K, NBA 2K on the Switch." Well, they did already, though. Yeah, but like, it's like it looks great. It's got everything the, the big boys have. Like, I don't know. We don't know what EA was thinking, but here you go. I would be shocked if that happened. Me too. I mean, I haven't seen great sales for NBA 2K18 on Switch. Either, I just don't so. think that's the platform. For and it. also, and no, it's not. And also, 2K, you know, it has been very resistant to releasing yeah. games on Nintendo. But also, platforms. remember, I mean, you've, you've still got the Nintendo effect there, where like the third parties can release their games and look at the sales, and, what, and no matter how well they're selling, they're going to look at like Mario selling two million in a week and be yeah. like, "Why don't we get that?" Yeah. Because you're not a Nintendo game. Yeah. And that, that's a demoralizing experience for any publisher. Yep. All right, let's move on to our last topic of the week. Today's a big day. Like we said, COD came out today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Call of Duty World War II. Also, the other big release today is the Xbox One X. The Zox. Also, iPhone X. Right. Came out today. Unless, which, unless you ordered one from that one UPS truck that was robbed. Yeah, which has turned out to be way bigger than I thought. Oh, I never had it. Never had a doubt on that one. Really? I I'm not getting one, but like, holy cow! There's lines all over the city oh, yeah. right now. It's like it's people huge desperately thing. want to spend a thousand dollars on a damn phone. Yeah, well, thousand dollars for a phone. I can't think of too many things that's better to spend a thousand dollars on. True, but like, I mean, I, is there anything you use more in your life than your but, phone? No, but look, man, I've been I've been using buying and using Apple products for 31 years. Yeah, and the first thing I know is do not buy the first wave. <laughs> You always wait for for Apple's third iteration on anything. Yeah. So I'll probably upgrade to an iPhone eight, maybe because I I'm still on a six. I haven't, oh, okay. I, haven't I was on, I'm years, on a five. Years. I have an iPhone five. So, I was so mad about the removal of the the headphone port and yeah, all the other stuff and all that stuff. But uh, you know. But I will say that like those new earpods or whatever seem pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like they it, seem really cool. It's just um, now I got to replace all my stuff. I hear you. Yeah, um, I feel, I feel but like. I am not buying an X. Yeah, it's it's too expensive and it's 
not cool. I mean, it's, there's some cool gimmicks, but I'm not. I, I think my mom wants one though. I asked for one. I'll for play Christmas. with my mom's phone. I asked for one for Christmas, and I'm hoping that. Everybody who knows me will just pitch in a little bit yeah. of money. Well, so to be I fair, have, dude, a, I have an iPhone you're a five. five. <laughs> I mean, it's time. <laughs> I need yeah. a phone. You, yeah, you, you definitely can justify the. I have there. waited. I've definitely paid my dues. So hopefully, I'll get one. But anyway, for games, the big story today is Xbox One X. Is it? It is. <laughs> it is. It definitely is. Uh, reviews are going up. They've been up all day. There's tons of them on Sifted. If you want to read them, uh, pretty, pretty positive. It the seems. prevailing opinion is. Only buy it if you have a 4K TV mm-hmm. with HDR. Yeah. And then some people would even throw in the caveat, only buy it if you have an OLED TV mm-hmm. with 4K and HDR. Because that's where they say you will really see the massive improvement. Matt, are you buying one? Did you buy one? I did not. You did not? Wow. I do not have a 4K OLED TV. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> now, eventually I will, and I will probably get an Xbox One X if it's available at the time for that. Um in part because I don't have a 4K player of anything, right? you know, so you need something to run the... Co- I've been I've switched to buying the 4K versions of movies okay. I buy, so I have a 4K you're version... You're future-proofing, your 4K library. version of Guardians 2, I have a 4K version of Wonder Woman, uh, and a 4K version of uh, Planet Earth 2, but uh, I don't have anything that plays it. Yeah. Um, but I will eventually, and I, I figure if I'm going to get something for the, a new TV, I might as well get a Xbox that can also play games, so great. I will say this. I do have envy today. I do regret I, not pre-ordering one now. I don't. I didn't have any I would feelings never about have it. Rem- I would never have remembered if you hadn't said something. I didn't like, have I'm any feelings a... about it until I woke up today and started seeing the reviews for it coming in. It also makes me sad because back in the day, you know, we would, wherever we worked, they just would show up and you just, you just get one. And uh, to be in, in the place we're in now where we don't get free hardware anymore is kind of a disappointment. So I have to actually, it's good, though, for our coverage because I'm in the same position as the people we're trying to advise. Mm-hmm. So I have to make the same choice. Do I want to spend $500 on this thing now or not? And when it came down to it, I'm in the same boat you're in. I don't have a 4K TV. Um, I, have, I still have a 1080p TV at home. Mm-hmm. And I saw so much of this at E3 and at various events. To know that with a 1080p TV, it's just not worth buying right now at full price. Like, I mean, there is a difference, but it's yeah. not a $500 difference. It's minimal, yeah. And it's hard for me to rationalize. Like, mm-hmm. I have, I still, I don't even have an Xbox One S. I still I have I also just don't launch turn Xbox things on. I don't turn the Xbox on, really. I mean, no. And that's, that's what I wanted to get at, is how is Microsoft going to sell this thing? I mean, a huge boost happened whenever PUBG was announced for this mm. year. That's huge, because right now... There's nothing like PUBG in 4K. <laughs> no, I mean, but seriously, no, you're right. But, I mean, right now, Microsoft today put out a bunch of new media for Forza Motorsport 7, mm-hmm. a game that's been out for, like, a month now, but and that's own, what they have I to sell. I technically own three versions of already, right. you know, with different numbers. But that's them. what it has to use to sell Xbox One X. Right. It's that. It's Super Lucky's Tale, which has been getting absolutely obliterated, Talk about terrible timing. It's like you put out Super Lucky's Tale like a week after Super Mario Odyssey, one of the highest reviewed 3D platformers of all time, and you're going to put out this platformer that's only the second one ever made by this studio that made it, and you have PUBG. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, that's pretty much 
what you're trying to sell a $500 console with. And like your big loss was, oh, we didn't make Crackdown out in time. I mean, even that, even that is is going to be a tough sell. I mean, you're essentially Crackdown did not look very 4K. No, E3. no, not at all. Like 4KE, <laughs> definitely not. It looked like 2KE, mm-hmm. not even. Um, I, uh, it's a hard sell. I did not, I did not buy it. And I, yeah. and now I'm, now that like I've kind of got over like the the morning of where you wake up, you're like everyone's getting the yeah. Xbox One well, X today. Until and Tuesday, not, you got time. I thought it was out today. The embargo was up today. Uh, okay, I thought it came out on November third. I thought it was after. I think it's the. I think it's Tuesday. Oh really? Well, I had gotten over it. Now I'm have to start all over again. Now you got a few more days. <laughs> think about it. <laughs> to stew. I really thought it was November third, along with uh, COD, but I guess I'm wrong. But uh, I thought it was November seventh. I might be wrong. You may be right. I don't know. I don't know. Either way, I'm I not mean, buying like I said, it. I, I didn't buy it today. Right. And I didn't I'm not order buying it, it on Tuesday. <laughs> Either way, right. I'm not getting it. And I mean, really, what you what Microsoft is going to sell it with? It's not with Forza Seven. It maybe is with PUBG, but like you said, does 4K PUBG really matter all that much? No, I certainly wouldn't buy another Xbox to play PUBG. I just play it on my existing one. Right. Um, um, I mean, what it's going to sell it on is, hey, we have the best looking third party games. Mm-hmm. So, do you think that we get to this place where it goes back to like the Genesis SNES days, where like? Microsoft is saying, hey, all these games look better on our on our platform? I mean, maybe. I mean, they've admitted that the, the, the X is kind of a, a boutique uh, platform because they recognize that not a lot of people have the 4K TV to take advantage of it in a way that's meaningful, especially considering the price of the product. Yeah, not a lot of people have so, $500 sitting around yeah. either. Just to, just to make their games look, look, let's be honest, marginally better. You're I mean, right. do they look better? Yeah, they look. Like, they it's do. like, wow, it looks really good. Yeah. Does it look like give me five hundred dollars for it? Good? I don't think so. I'll say this: like another game that they started pushing again today, and they've been pushing for the last couple of weeks is Gears of War Four. Like all of a sudden, they're publishing yeah. these like There's making of Gears again. of War Four things, and I will say on a four K TV, an OLED, oh yeah, four K TV with HDR. The difference on Gears of War 4 is pretty freaking mind-blowing. Oh, yeah. It looks like a painting. It really looks completely different. But that's just... Think about the commitment you've got there. you got the $500 mm-hmm. console, an OLED TV like to that. Play, to play a year-old game. Yeah. That you've already probably played already. Yeah. And already, already, already. It's, already. To me, it's a hard sell. And like, I, I know there are lots of Xbox fans out there... I, the other problem I think they have is... They're just going to buy it no matter what. Right, but the other problem I think they have is they don't have anything in the pipeline that is going to, in the way that Gears of War, like makes like the art style makes it pop as, when it looks that much better. They don't have any in the pipeline that's going to do that, which is why they're focusing on Forza 7, because it's a, a photorealistic the, game. Right. But you've got, you know, Lucky's 10, who, who cares? Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. You've got uh, Crackdown, which is tremendously stylized and doesn't really benefit from the higher resolution in a, in a tangible way. You can see, even when you're looking at it in person yep. uh, at E3, I did not look at it and be like, oh, wow, that's really popping on the HDR. It was not a thing that was happening. Uh, sea of Thieves is a very stylized, cartoony look, which is not going to really lend itself tremendously to that. Outside of the water, is probably going to look really nice. But they don't have something that really gives you that boom, like that look, that that visual pop, that hint hint a Fable game might have. Yeah. Um, but like, 
I just feel like they don't have anything in the pipeline that's really going to like make you sit up and bark. I mean, a you know Halo I mean? could have done a Halo, that. Halo, maybe. Yeah. Even just maybe. A, even just a teaser. Even just hell. Even just like a. I don't know, a Halo 3 remaster anniversary thing or something that looked really good that made you made you feel fuzzy, you know, like something. And they just don't have that. Yeah, I mean, it's like I said, the selling point of it is third-party stuff looks better. Right. I mean, that's really all it's got right now. Um, and I just don't... I don't know if you saw, that's but... certainly not enough for me to buy a $500 console. I'm, I'm not going to speak for everybody. Well, Microsoft's but... games category was only up 1%. Mm. 1%. Everybody else put out these incredible financials over the last week, 1% for Xbox. And I don't know if you noticed this either, but Sony is starting to follow Microsoft's lead and is starting to concentrate less on hardware units sold and is now starting to publish this is how many people subscribe to PlayStation Network, Mm. which is a shame. Uh, I really like that hard data. But yeah, to me, Xbox One X, man, it's it's a hard sell. And then you have the One S, which does HDR. And does mm-hmm. 4K movies. And it's like right now some of the bundles coming up on Black Friday for that are like crazy cheap. I mean literally like $200. Does it have a 4K drive in it? A 4K Blu-ray no, drive? I don't believe so. It doesn't play actually, discs. Does it play discs? I think it does I think it does actually. play discs. Yeah. That's, the, that's one of the difference between it and the Pro. Is the Pro does not have a 4K Blu-ray right. drive. Right. Yeah. And you figure you can probably get that over Black Friday for $200, $250. bucks. mm mm-hmm. Half or less than half of what you buy for Xbox One X, it's just, it's a tough sell. And look, I hear Microsoft saying, and that's the other thing. When we've talked on this show before about Xbox One X, you get the Xbox fans trumpeting, parroting, repeating what Microsoft says. It's so sad. You see it with politics. You see it with console wars. Same mentality. The It's not meant for those people. It's Mm -hmm. like, no, that's not... That's not true. Just because Microsoft says, oh, this is for... Microsoft wants to sell as many of these as it can. Period. Like, regardless of what you label it as, this is for enthusiasts or whatever, it doesn't want to sell just one million of these things. It has spent mm. a ton of money on R&D for this platform. So, um, I don't know. I-, I can't rationalize buying it right now. I mean, I don't have a lot of disposable income at this point in my life. Uh, and... There are lots of other things mm-hmm. that I need in my life right now. I have an Xbox One. I can play all the Xbox games on. Mm-hmm. I have a. I, I mean, I have a PC that can run stuff in 4K, and you know, I have obviously anything I have on Xbox One that's exclusive also runs on that because that's their whole crossplay yeah. thing. Um, I mean, when the time comes to get something that can play 4K discs, that's going to be a real decision for me between the S and the X. Like, yeah. like the I don't know if the X has enough more to offer to warrant the extra money to spend instead of like why don't I just get an S play you know play 4K discs off that and use my PC to play high end game content from Xbox you know through the Xbox app like 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 I just don't know if the X has offers enough as a gaming system to warrant the extra money over like just buying a 4K disc player and that's basically the in price wise that's basically where the S is right now no, it's right. competitive with the other 4K Blu-ray players you can get. It's just like it has an Xbox as well, which is a nice bonus, but if you're trying to upsell me to the X, like I'm not seeing a tremendously compelling argument there. Well, then you wonder, too, with the publishers, how long they will be willing to invest the extra money mm-hmm. to create these versions of their games that actually right. show a difference on Xbox One X. Right, and of course, like the only real thing that would push me in the direction of like an X in that regard is uh, my 
deep-seated distrust of PC versions of things. Yeah. You know, on, on launch day. You <laughs> yeah, know, like, I, yeah, get it. Like, yeah. I, bought, I, totally. I bought Assassin's Creed on PS4 because I didn't trust the PC version. Yeah. Uh, well, apparently the PC version's okay, except a bunch of the DRM stuff makes it run like 20 to 30% more of a resource hog than it should. Yeah. Um, so I'm not, not unhappy with my PS4 purchase there. Um, so that'd be the only thing that's really pushing me in the direction of getting the Xbox One X was to have that option to have the best-looking version of this game that is not the PC version. One thing I will say is that I will buy Xbox One X before I buy a PlayStation 4 Pro. Hmm. Because to me, the, the upgrade that you're getting for the extra money you're spending is actually is far more noticeable with on the mm. Xbox platform jump That's versus somewhat true but like at the same But I do play PlayStation way more. Right. Well, see which the, makes the decision more difficult. Well the decision for Pro for me was was cut and dry because um, the Xbox is a harder decision because I have this PC that can you have a PC right. that runs yeah. stuff so you have I don't have anything that runs Horizon Zero Dawn better. No, you're right. You know, so like the only way to get these PlayStation games to run smoother and better and in higher resolution and with HDR is to have the Pro. You're right. Whereas I've already got this PC that can kind of play backup if I need it for for Xbox. And it's not quite 100 percent, but it's getting close to 100 percent of games are released on PC and console. Mm -hmm. Really, Sony, Sony, and Nintendo exclusives are your standouts there. Yeah, and you know. You want if you want the best experience in that regard, you need a PS4 Pro and you need a Switch. Yeah, for a while, and most Japanese games weren't coming out on PC right away, mm-hmm. but even that's starting to change. It now. is starting. To, you know, you're getting. I mean, Near Automata's port was not great, but it was there. Yeah. Um, Dragon's Dogma was a big hit, so you're starting to see kind of that B-list uh, Japanese game starting to see yeah. that that way in. Bayonetta came. Sega's doing a great job. Even if it's pushing their kind of recent back catalog on a PC. Sega's great with PC. Yeah. It always has been. Well, I think the purchase of Creative Assembly was a good yeah, influence to them. For sure, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I feel, I feel like not to go all PC you know, advocate or whatever, but I feel like you're pretty well taken care of there, and you just need to decide what you can't live without in terms of exclusives. Yeah. And the only... The only parts of that equation that are relevant right now are Nintendo and Sony, because Microsoft has decided to give you, as a PC owner, <laughs> everything you get from an Xbox. Yeah, it's pretty so, crazy. I don't, I don't know what else to tell you. Yeah, Microsoft. I mean, look, a lot of people don't have really powerful PCs. Mm-hmm. I mean, particularly as powerful as Xbox One X, because right. it is like... That is a lot of hardware for 500 bucks. Pretty powerful yeah. PC in a little puny like, box. If you don't have a PC on yeah. that, like, if you just like use a work laptop or whatever, just something that gets you on the internet... I mean, you could do a lot worse than the Xbox X. Yeah, I mean, for, if you really think about the performance that you're getting per dollar, yeah. I, it would be hard for me to recommend somebody to build a PC, a powerful gaming PC, instead of just buying the One X. Yeah, you're probably, I mean, just for something like that's real, you know, solid baseline capable, you're talking twice the price probably yep. for off-the-shelf parts. Yeah, for sure. And that mean, that's if you want to put it together yourself. Right, and Xbox One X is plug-and-play, so there's a market for it. I just think it is small right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's too but small micro- for me. But I'm not in that market yet. Right. So. But Microsoft also keeps saying it is small. So I, I guess if they're ready for that, and eventually, eventually, the Xbox One X will be the new standard. And also, you know? it'll eventually be cheaper. Right. And that's what I'm looking at. I'm like, I don't need it right now. I don't they're have playing a the long TV. game. Right. You know, and and that's what Microsoft needs to because they ain't winning the short game. No, it's uh, the short game's over already. Yeah. I mean, that was lost almost on day one. So. Um, I wish Microsoft good luck. It it really kind of needs something. Uh, it's mm. not doing well in the game space right now. 
Uh, I, just, I think it needs a more robust library of it does. exclusives. And that's more been a problem it, for I mean, years. the hardware isn't their problem so much. And it also... And it wasn't really a problem with the base Xbox One. No, it just wasn't. They're get, I mean, they're getting there. Uh, I don't know if you've messed with it recently. I had to turn it on for some stuff recently. And uh, one of the recent updates, uh, the OS moves like a bat now. Like, it's real I just smooth. used it, actually. I, had, I used it yesterday... Uh, for the first episode of Beat Shane, mm. I played a sifter for Beat Shane. It actually ended up being a really good competition. Mm. Uh, so keep an eye out for that, folks. But uh, the, spe- the speed of uh, the OS is vastly improved. It is. Like it, it's it, way faster, for sure. Um, and I, the question becomes, like, can Microsoft kind of recover? You know, and especially now that there's no real... They seem to be kind of moving out of... The industry as a whole seems to be moving out of that idea of generation lines, yeah. where like every generation was kind of a new a chance to start over a little bit and see who made the made the mistakes, see who made the better the better approach. And it feels like at least Pactor seems to paint the picture that that is a thing that's kind of not going to happen anymore. Well, the problem is you make all your money on software. Yeah, that's just how this industry works. It's just like. It's the razor model. Mm-hmm. You give away the razor, the cartridges are going to cost you an arm and a leg, and that's where you make all your profit they sure margin. sure do. And they do. <laughs> and uh, that's the same model that games work in. And when you don't have exclusive software that you are producing and mm-hmm. you're getting all the money from, I mean, when you're yeah. working with third parties, you only make so much of a cut off third yeah, party Yeah, I just games. think it's the variety. I mean, the lack of variety that, uh, in their own camp is hurting Microsoft It's not even just variety. It's quantity. They're quantity just, and variety. Yeah, but... Just, I mean, they're lucky if they get one game out of quarter. Yeah, lucky. But, e- but even if they do, something, you know, okay. So what if your, you know, Halo was on track? Okay, what if we got a Halo this year? Well, last year we got a Gears of War. Like, how many man shooters do you need? You know, and I mean, those get. Those... Look at, and look at the Paris Games line. Look at all, look at the variety. I know. In that, I know. Like, even... we applauded Sony for it. Yeah. Being brave, letting its studios. And Microsoft try used to have that, but. I guess was it was it Don Matrick that just sort of systematically dismantled their second party software Pretty much. situation? Yeah. And like And replaced it with nothing. Re- yeah, I got nothing. They went full set top box with it and they had and when that didn't work, they had nothing to fall back Which on. Which is very strange because Microsoft is a software yeah. company. It's not a hardware company. Well, they're also an OS company and the Xbox One OS was it's terrible, terrible <laughs> until recently. It's really crazy. So it's it's all the it's just all the wrong moves. It has made all the wrong moves, yeah, without a doubt. So those of you who do get it, I hope you enjoy it. I hope you love it. I'm sure there's tons of people out there who it'll be the perfect thing for them. It'll yeah, work I out great no for them. I see no reason to doubt the hardware. I'm not going to hate anyone for getting it. I mean, if I had dispo- tons of disposable income, I'd buy one. Like I, like I said, I woke up today and I was like envious and jealous that I wasn't going to get it. But when you start thinking about it, you look at your finances. It's harder for me to rationalize it, and I just I can't do it. So. I could afford it right now. I just don't. Yeah. See. Why? There's no reason to yet. Yeah. And eventually, I think I, it will be a possibility. Once I got not. past not getting the Scorpio edition, mm. that was a big hurdle for me. Because mm. <laughs> I have, like, my Xbox uh, One is, like, the day one edition. Yeah, like, my, mine was. I, I take pride in, like, always getting platforms, like, on day one. And once I kind of got over that, I think it was a lot easier to not buy one. So Yeah, I, I kind of forgot they had a Scorpio edition thing. Yeah, yeah. The, I... This game, this system has just not been on my radar. It's it's a it's it's redundant to my current collection in like three different ways. Yeah. And one eventually it won't be when I get a 4K TV, but that's down the road. All so. right. So those of you who buy it, I hope you enjoy it, enjoy it. I hope you love it. I hope it works out great for you. But it's just we're just not ready for it yet. I mean, in so. Microsoft's favor, like Microsoft will be part of my 4K solution one way or the other. Eventually. So that's a that's a direct that's one way they have. I think done well strategically is 
Sony's not part of that solution. You're right. You're absolutely right. True. Which is weird because, because Sony makes discs. I know. It's upside down. Everything's world. backwards. I don't know what to do. <laughs> All right. It's time for our trailer of the week. And always remember, as we watch the trailer of the week, get your questions into the chat. And when you're putting your questions in there, make sure you put them at Sifted Games because otherwise it's extremely difficult for us to fish out the questions from people just commenting. I'm sure people are arguing over Xbox One X right now in the chat. So uh, make sure you get your questions in at Sifted Games. Our trailer of the week this week. Pretty big game, Star Wars Battlefront 2. For whatever reason, EA decided to release the launch trailer of this game at Paris Games Week, way, way ahead of its actual release. Uh, it's short and quick, so get your questions in uh, fast. Uh, but here it is, the launch trailer for Star Wars Battlefront 2. Empire's time has come. There it is. Hard to believe we already got the last trailer for that game. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they put out a little bit of a longer one like on actual launch day. I mean, game. it came out like weeks before the game actually launches. I don't know what they're thinking there. Especially with all the great media that Sony was already putting out. It just kind of got buried. So we ran it as our trailer of the week. Let's get to some questions here. W. Matthew, what do you think of the announcement of WoW Classic server reveal? So that is a problem. Like, BlizzCon is going on this weekend. And right unfortunate now. Right now, actually. It kicked off today. And unfortunately, we're not able to incorporate a lot of the mm -hmm. uh, information from BlizzCon into the show today. But we're glad that you're asking questions. So, Matt, you're a big ex-WoW player. Mm-hmm. I think that's cool. Like, you know, I mean, it sucks. Their hand was forced a little bit. Yeah, I mean, they shut down a bunch of player servers that were already doing that. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you know, and, they, and even the announcement today kind of had this feeling of, like, fine, yeah. we'll do it. You know, like, but, like, I, I quit around Cataclysm in part because I felt like they changed it too much. Yeah. And, like, I would consider going back and kind of replaying through the original Vanilla World just to sort of rem remember it a little bit. I don't know if I'd finish, I'd get, you know, I don't know if i get to 60, but, like, yeah. Um, I like it. It's, it's, a cool, it's a cool way to do it. Also because, like, you know, this is part of history. It's part of gaming history, and one of the things about MMOs are they're sort of, they're sort of uh, temporal. There's sort of that fear that, like, oh, if, if it shuts down, will we ever get to see it again? Yeah. And kind of preserving that. In this, or will this... all the work, the hours that I put into right. it just get flushed down the toilet? And, like, you know, basically, like, this is kind of a way of preserving what I would think, what I would say is one of the, if not the most important, game of the genre oh, and yeah. sort of like you know no, it's, it is it's, the most important it's worth game going back and kind of being able to look and see what it was like in 2004 or 2005 and if only to see how far we've come yeah which is a long ways but it's still the reigning champ really mm -hmm. uh cheater hater how well do you think Faye will do on switch for ea if nothing else a way out needs to get on switch since it seems custom made for the platform Faye, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I mean, a lot of the information that's been coming out is that uh, Faye has 
or that indie games are selling better on Switch. And while Faye, it's hard to call Faye an indie game because EA is publishing it, mm-hmm. but really it is. Like people are going to look at it and say, "Oh, that's a game that I could pay ten or fifteen dollars for." And that I think that's what most people I don't consider remember indie what that games. Is. It's Faye. a whimsical like fairy game for. I can probably pull it up here actually. Um, let's see. And this is the beauty of our new system is that I can just pull stuff up on my PC and show it to you guys. Um, oh, I guess it's too hard to search for. Maybe put a space after it? Maybe. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I guess you... How do you search for Faye? You have, de- you have defeated the sift. <laughs> I think I did. I just defeated the website, unfortunately. I don't know a way to search for it, because it's just pulling up anything with F-E. I like that it pulled up Fear Effect. That's good. That's good predictive work there. <laughs> Look at some of these games I haven't even heard of. <laughs> Do not feed the monkeys. <laughs> Front defense VR. That's some. That's some deep cuts there. Yeah. So Faye is a. Uh, it's just another typical kind of whimsical side-scrolling game. I mean, you look at it, you you think indie like right yeah. away. Um, how do I think it's going to do? I mean, they, they, a lot of developers are saying their games are selling. Indie developers are saying their games are selling better on Switch, but how, they don't say how much. Or, mm-hmm. I mean. When you consider the install base, though, that is pretty impressive that some any games are selling better on Switch than PS4 or Xbox One. Well, uh, it helps that I think a lot of the indie games, especially the more retro-looking ones, uh, are the ones that don't suffer from being on the lesser hardware. Um, they lend themselves to, you know, the experience is pretty much equivalent performance-wise and visually, whether you're playing on the Switch or playing on a high-end yeah. PC. It does, so, it's not a detriment to have an yeah. indie game on Switch. And yeah. some, some, I don't, but some people consider the, you know, you, if you're playing it in console mode, it looks the same as playing it on almost any other platform available, and you can pick it up and play it in handheld mode, and you kind of get the best gorgeous. of both worlds. It's smashed down to that little screen, mm-hmm. yeah. So, like, I get why people consider that an advantage. I don't use it that way. Yeah. Uh, I will almost always default to PC for kind of the indie stuff, in part because if I wait about a couple of months, it's like, Five bucks, you know. Yeah. Um, although Nintendo is getting better about their digital sales, so yeah. I mean, I'm sure you can find the stuff you're looking for on the true. E-shop. I mean, there, it's, <laughs> the, the, the store's got an update. It is better. You can search stuff. You can browse stuff now. Uh, it, they, they are getting there. Improving. They're yeah. getting there. Um, so I, I'm, you know, in preparation for the big January thing, which presumably, in conjunction with the January Direct, they will probably launch the full-fledged store and online thing, and that'll be. I think they're. I think I think it'll be ready. I think they'll get there. I don't think Faye does anything for Switch. Mm-hmm. I mean, it may sell okay, but I don't think it's going to change EA's perception yeah. of how it, whether it decides to create more or less games for it. Um, what was the other game? A Way Out? A Way Out, yeah. That game, you're, is that, you're absolutely right. That was a great way to phrase it. it is, that game is perfect for Switch because it kind of has that split uh, perspective where you play as like the two guys trying to get out of jail or, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, that does, and that game also isn't hardware taxing. It's not like this bleeding edge game graphically. It's more about cool gameplay concepts, which I also think is something that's like right in Nintendo's mm-hmm. wheelhouse. Um, but I do think that that might be a little much for the system to run the split screen on that. Yeah. Certainly more than maybe EA is willing to put the effort into solving. Yeah, if you if you're gauging FIFA by mm-hmm. you know as to use it as kind of a barometer of how much effort EA is willing to put into mm-hmm. a Switch game. Then, Although yeah. I, I would really love to see the, the promo where you've got two people trying to play that game on, a, on like the stand thing with the tiny <laughs> little controllers. Yeah. 
But I do think that that is kind of the game that the typical Nintendo fan is kind of receptive to. Mm -hmm. uh, games with unique gameplay concepts and things like that. I think it, it's in the wheelhouse. Uh, but I don't even, I don't think, e just like Faye, I don't think that that game is going to, even if, the, I don't think it's even announced for Switch, but if it were and it no. sold well, I don't think that that really changes EA's perspective on no. the platform. It cares about its big blockbusters selling millions of copies. Yeah. And there's, I mean, you could eventually probably get there with EA games on the Switch, but I don't think they feel, I don't think they want to put the legwork in. Yeah. They've already got their revenue from these other sources and they they clearly they seem to feel that uh you know the effort is not worth worth the time yeah the payoff they just don't think the payoff's gonna be worth all the effort mm -hmm. that they put in for it so we'll see uh the legacy what do you expect from sony at psx in the game awards dreams maybe oh boy also, what are your thoughts on the Activision microtransaction patent where they are pushing to selling weapons in the lobby that players use to kill you in multiplayer? <laughs> uh, let's take it one at a time here. Uh, what do you expect from Sony at PSX in the Game Awards? We talked about that a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, we kind of thought that we might see Death Stranding at the Game Awards. It's um, not Sony, but... Yeah, but... Kojima feels Sony-ish. It, is it not Sony, though? It is Sony. Is it? Yeah. Is Sony making that? Like, publishing I publishing that? it. Again, you can pull up the handy-dandy internet, thanks to our new setup. At least this one's more than... This one will definitely two, pop two up. letters. So. Yeah, see, it's only coming only to PS4, PS4 right now. Yeah, published mm. by Sony Computer okay. Entertainment. I like how we have a naked... <laughs> sure. <laughs> Norman Reedus' ass. Welcome. Best game page banner ever. Naked Norman Reedus staring at dead whales. It's just <laughs> yeah. another Sunday night. Yeah. That's freaking great. Uh, these, are, these are all the people that spent too much on loot boxes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I... Uh, <laughs> what if that's what the game's about, like, metaphorically? It, it is Kojima. <laughs> it's quite possible. Yeah. Um, so we talked about, we think we'll see uh, Death Stranding at the Game Awards just because of the relationship between Keeley mm -hmm. and uh, Kojima. Um, as far as PSX is concerned, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't really get hardly anything at PSX. I think we'll see more Days Gone. Um, yeah, because that was absent at Paris Absent, Gaming. and that seems to be kind of a more domestic push. Or, I was talking earlier about how we saw so little of God of War at Paris Games Week. Yeah, it could be a, way, a place they blow Maybe they out. show a little bit more, because it's coming up quick. Mm -hmm. Maybe, um, and maybe uh, I feel like either that or Video Game Awards might be... Uh, where we see maybe some first gameplay of Ghost of Tsushima. I was just going to say that, yeah. One um, or the other. First yeah. first gameplay of Ghost of Tsushima from Sucker Punch. And I think we will see Dreams. Yes. We have... We cheat a little bit when we talk about maybe. Dreams. But <laughs> dreams ain't dead, folks. No, it's not it's dead. It's coming. Yeah, it's coming. I and mean, that's all we're going to say about it. Uh, what was his last question? Oh. Thoughts on the Activision microtransaction patent where they are pushing, selling weapons in the lobby that players used to kill you in multiplayer. I think that's genius. I think that's very funny. Yeah. I think it's a great idea. I, I mean, I don't think... That was a pretty good gun you just died to, huh? Hmm? I, it's a great idea. Yeah. It's really smart. Um, I, can't, I can't really patent that. That's total bullcrap. Yeah, I don't know if you can patent that. <laughs> but I love the idea of it because how many times have you played a shooter... And you got gunned down by somebody, and you're like, what? Like, your gun is, like, OP or whatever. As long as it's not just the option to buy it with real money. Mm. If it tells me you unlock this weapon at blah, 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 or you already have this weapon, 
Well, I think the, the patent was for selling it to you for real money. Oh. It was, micro, it was a microtransaction. Oh, that's really dirty. Yeah. But it's, it's, I, I, I believe the, the term I, is predatory. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good, good phrase to use. I personally like the idea of being... I mean, they, a lot of times they'll tell you, mm-hmm. it'll say killed you with blah, right, blah, Right, you get blah. the loadout. But it won't give you, like, a direct link to actually get that weapon or right. unlock that weapon. Well, for a long time, I don't know if they still do it, but for a long time, Call of Duty had that thing where you could, uh, you had a perk where you could equip the loadout of the person who killed you last to kind of, like... Uh, Which one was that? I know that was in, like, Modern Warfare 2. There was really? A, there was a thing where you could equip the loadout of the person. Oh, who, was it a perk? Yeah, I think yeah, it was a perk. Yeah, I think it was, yeah. And it was like you could, you could, so you could play as what you just died to, and, like, you could... I, no, you're I, absolutely I, right. I, that was a good learning tool for Yeah, me. it was, yeah. So this is kind of the way to translate no, that. No, I do remember that. You're right, Dustin. Yeah. It would work that way. You didn't have it permanently. You just have it for, like... For, like, the next life. Basically. Yeah, and what I found a lot of times is, like, when I got that other person's weapon, I'm like, well, this thing sucks. Because yeah. <laughs> you get killed, you're like, oh, he has some OP weapon, and he killed me because of that weapon. And you're right. I think it, it may have been Black Ops, maybe, the first Black Ops that did it. Mm. I can't quite remember. It was in a couple of them. Because I never played Black Ops multiplayer too oh, much. okay. So it was definitely one of the modern warfares. But then you get their gun, and you just realize, no, they're no, good. No, they're really good with that gun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I love. I thought that was really brilliant. So... Uh, I love the concept. The fact that they're trying to patent it, total bull Yeah, that's not going to work. You can't really do that. Yeah. But. I mean, they'll try and they'll fail. But I like the idea. And as mm-hmm. long as they execute it and they're not slimy and how they well, execute I think it, it is automatically slimy. I mean, look, it's like we had our loot box gambling argument, but the one thing I do agree on is whether you think it's gambling or not, it's a predatory sales tactic. For sure, yeah. Um, and that's the problem, yeah. is, the pr- is the predation of it. And yeah. I think that's just another facet of that predatory attitude toward it. I don't know if I view it in the same way that way, though. If you can't buy, if that's a microtransaction, if you're trying to sell it, sell me something, oh, I bet you'll be better if you pe- give us a dollar for this gun. Like, that's that's this in the same wheelhouse. I yeah, yeah. Say. But it's like I said, if they also say, hey, this gun unlocks at level 10, or mm-hmm. this scope unlocks at level 5 or whatever, and it tells you what you need right. to do to actually but get I don't, it without paying. But I don't think they, they're patenting that part. Yeah, well, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. They're patenting the part that makes them free money. Yeah. Uh, here's one from Justin Horman. In what previous generation do you think a mid-generation refresh would have been best received slash had more impact? The first 3D console generation. Yeah, PlayStation <laughs> 1. And, because I mean, X64 did have that. There was yeah. the, the expansion pack. It did, yeah. Helped. Vaguely. Sort of. <laughs> what it really did, though, is it made developers just stretch the system even further. Right. Instead of taking into consideration, hey, this four megs of RAM isn't going to do that much. Right. Well, that's the thing. It's like, we, you know, the, the added power never results in, oh, we're going to make games that look the same but perform better. It runs in, it, it, it results in, we're going to make games that look better and perform the same. Or worse. Or worse. Perfect Dark performed, I think, was worse than GoldenEye oh, in yeah. terms of performance. And Banjo-Tooie ran worse than yeah. Banjo-Kazooie. So, yeah. Um... That would be the generation, particularly with the PlayStation Boy. It really could have used a little yeah, bit of a PlayStation, boost. PlayStation One was rough. It like, really was. And I used to get, you know, I used to get a lot of pushback on that when I would say like, these games are not going to age. Yeah. Like, they're, like people are going to like look at them, like, oh my god, it's like you're cutting my eyes with the triangles, kind of thing. And it was like, no, these are the greatest games I've ever looked. And yeah. always, so nobody will ever stop playing Jumping Flash. And yeah. I was like, no, yeah. it's it, like these are the beginning of this. 3D world is going to be left in the dust and remastered. Well, I mean, look, like when textures are like jittering and like you can yeah. see blatant like texture see like anybody worth their ilk knew that that was not going to age well. Yeah. Um, 
So that's what I would say. The first ever generation of 3D consoles, I think, was probably the one where it needed mm-hmm. it the worst. And you had a couple a little bit, like with the PlayStation 2, when it first came out, you could do the uh, kind of the, the enhanced... Texture smoothing texture or whatever. smoothing yeah. thing. Like, and you know, some of the games that were built for that look good, like Vagrant Story. Yeah. Um, uh, but like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That was a rough generation, man. Go back, go back and play the first Battle Arena Toshinden and look at everybody's nose. Yeah, you know, it like, was just a triangle. It's a giant triangle. It's like, it's, a every, it's like everybody's a witch from a <laughs> Halloween decoration or something. Yeah. Uh, Joaquin Dragoon, what do you want changed in the next Assassin's Creed? Um, what do I want changed in the next Assassin's Creed? Um, I want uh, the combat to be good. Because I feel the more and more I play the more I feel like the combat is at best a lateral move from what they already have. And yes, yeah. you can't counter counterattack your way to it. I agree. But it's just, there's percent. just nothing there. It's just sort of... And I, I stay stealthy, so I don't have, have to, to play the combat. Yeah. Because I, I can hack my way through ten guys easily at this point, at this level. But it just it's not fun to me. I don't why find it can't interesting. I don't understand why Ubisoft can't get it right. Why can't it create a decent combat model? I feel I, like they're trying to do Dark Souls, but they either don't understand or don't care why Dark Souls works. Yeah. And they're just sort of well, like... Well, they can't do that because it would be too hard and they would right. lose their whole casual but the, audience. But, but there is a halfway point you can you can make. And I think yeah. they've lost... I mean, the, the lack of counterattacks, the lack of a lot of like kind of nuance in what you can do in the combat like loses something. The fact that you, you, you don't really have... I mean, the, the old combat was too automatic, but this combat like feels kind of boxing you into like I'm just going to stand here and hack at guys as they ride past me like morons on a, on a, on horses. And uh so I would say I would want it to be I they need to iterate. I feel like they I, have though. Yeah. <laughs> but I but I like but what they've got here in this in this kind of version this formula they've hit on for this sort of like Witcher Witcher 3 presentation plus sort of Dark Souls for Idiots combat. Like, I feel like two games out from this, they'll make something real great. Yeah. If I've they been, keep moving I feel moving like I've been forward. saying that for a while. I think just in general what I would say about Assassin's Creed, and I have continued to play Origins and I like it. I'm having mm-hmm. a good time with it. Is that just make the game smaller and more polished. Just period. Just... Don't worry about making this game that someone can play for a hundred hours. Like, I feel literally like the- make like a twenty or thirty hour game, mm-hmm. and just make sure that everything in there is really good and really polished up. I like the size of it and the kind of the end. I mean, I went through and and because I decided I wanted to find all the star stone, all the standing stones. So I went right. I mean, God places, help you. places where I was like way <laughs> over low. I mean, I was getting one shotted by hyenas. Right, and stuff. right. But like you know, I still. So I'm like forty hours in. I still haven't uncovered every area on the map. Yeah. And like. I just picked up side quests as I went. I have 40, 40 quests in my log now, and I'm like, I don't remember where any of this Right, came from. it just doesn't need to be that big. And I, I love how big that is, but it's I like, like the, it, that... it feels like they locked the side quest guys in a room for two years while they developed what they were going to do, and they just wrote. Yeah. And like, they just used <laughs> everything, you know? I just think at a certain point, uh, you're, you're, get, you're tipping the scales on the wrong side of the quality over quantity argument. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just... I don't think most people need or want to play. I think they would rather play a really polished 30, 40 hour game Mm -hmm. than a game that's 100 hours long and is rough around the edges and doesn't have polished combat. Well, I think part of that polish is like every side quest pretty much you run into in The Witcher 3 
is as well written or not better than the main quest. And that is yeah. not true of Assassin's it's Creed Origins. Some of the side quests of Assassin's Creed Origins are good, funny. Though, yeah. And, and like, and, yeah, they're, they're enjoyable or they highlight something about Bayek that like you know builds the character. But most of them are like, I, I go, go, over here and go kill, kill this thing or these, these guys, guys are or whatever. These guys stealing my chickens. Go or go to, I mean, <laughs> who, whoever is the guy who makes all the like the, the cages that people keep yeah, each other yeah, in, yeah. like that guy must be cleaning <laughs> up. Like, because everyone's got somebody in a cage. It, like, all over the place. Yeah. And I'm like, right. do you guys know that you are thin enough to just walk through the bars? Because these things are not exactly <laughs> built to last, you know? You just kick the kick it. It's wood. Kick it enough and it'll open. Uh, let's see. My mom is in the chat. Hello from Mom and Sifted. <laughs> What's up, Mom? Uh, Vic 7 Will gaming ever ditch rigidity and ceilings on things like console and game pricing, allowing the industry to grow? Is it insane that these ceilings still exist when people are now spending thousands on phones and gaming computers? Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I feel like pricing for games has been the same for so long. And Patrick's been asked this question a ton of times. Like, mm. when are game prices going to go up? When are console prices going to go up? He was just asked in the last episode, like, what's going to be the cost of the PlayStation 5 and the next Xbox? And uh, he basically agreed, like, if you try to sell a console for $500, it's going to fail. Mm-hmm. It needs to be $400 or less, period. And he's answered the question about games tons of times. And uh, it's just they have been 50 or $60 for so long that it's so hard to kind of break out of that chain. Mm-hmm. And what the publishers are doing is instead of increasing the prices of the games, they're finding ways to make more money off of each game, which is why we're getting into this whole microtransaction mm-hmm. DLC season pass environment that we're in now. So um, I don't think prices are going to go up. I, I agree with Pactor. I think five hundred dollars is a death knell for a console. And look, yeah, Microsoft half a grand is 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 definitely a hard deck. Microsoft can say all at once, "Hey, this is for the enthusiasts. This is for a niche audience." They it can say that all at once. But the bottom line is, you're not going to sell as many consoles at five hundred dollars mm-hmm. as you would at four hundred dollars. So a lot of people ask Pact these complicated questions about pricing this, pricing that. And really what he always says is, if it costs less, you'll sell more. If it costs more, you'll sell less. It's very simple. So I think that's why we've been stuck at where it is. I think there's expectations. Mm -hmm. And the microtransaction thing and that, you know, as the supplemental income to these higher budget games, it works. That's why they do it. It sure does. And you can hate it as much as you want. You can refuse to participate, and that's fine. They expect people to not participate, a yeah. certain chunk of the audience. But that's what keeps those prices at 60 bucks. Because, so don't hate on people. Don't hate on the right. whales. The, the whales, whales are keep the people. Us, keep us playing. Because exactly. remember, I, mean, I, I bought Fantasy Star 4 the day it came out. It was ninety nine ninety nine, which translates into about $160 <laughs> in today's, today's money. money. Yeah. I mean... And I was like 18. Like that, I mean, yeah. that was a crazy amount of money for one in one day. For anything in yeah. one day, spending 100 bucks on something. So like, if you don't want them to go up to like 90 bucks, 100 bucks, like that's what these microtransactions keep it down. And like, you know, there's people I know who oh, just charge me 100 bucks for the full game. Charge me. It's like, well, yeah, but like the way they have it now. 60 bucks becomes the floor for entry, which means a lot yeah. more people get to play. Yeah, don't charge me 100 bucks. Yeah. Charge 60 and if other people want to spend more, let them. Yeah, if I want to spend all this extra money on the season pass or on all those fancy, stupid 
uh, items, or cosmetics, or, cosmetics whatever, or costumes yeah. or whatever. Like, great, and I will, you know, I will do that, and I will help fund people who can't spend that. You have, but I'd rather choice. have it be a situation where, yeah, where you have a choice, right? And if you just want to play this game, you can pay, pay sixty bucks and play it. And yep. sixty bucks for some of the stuff we get today is one of the best deals in the history of the medium. It really is. And I've been here for all of it. Yep. <laughs> I promise you, sixty bucks for Assassin's Creed Origins is arguably the a, greatest better, a deal. better deal than eighty bucks for like <laughs> Uniracers or whatever. No, you're you know? absolutely right. Yep. So you guys are asking great questions today, by the way. Uh, I think we'll answer one more. Um, from the Abram. Does Pokemon need to shake up its formula like Zelda for the Switch, or is it okay for the franchise to stay the same? Uh, I would like to see them shake it up, because I've just played so many, I'd like something new. But I don't think they have to, no. I think they'd be just fine. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. no, you don't have to shake anything up. When you have sales like Sun and Moon had, like, you'd I would be, be crazy in, to. I'm in support of anything they want to do to shake that franchise up just to keep it fresh. But clearly, that's not a problem for the mass audience that buys Pokemon games. I think maybe for Switch, they need to make some changes. I think expectations will change mm -hmm. when people are playing a console version of Pokemon. But as far as the handheld games are concerned, like they can just keep cranking them out the way they are. They're just basically printing money. Yeah. Um, and they're great games. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like they're getting lazy or whatever. It, they're just There's a certain style for handheld Pokemon. People love it. Nintendo's good at making it. Everybody wins. But uh, I do want to see more from the Switch version of Pokemon than, we, than even we got from, like, Gale of Darkness mm -hmm. back on. I think that was GameCube. Is that right? Yep. Um, I think it needs to step up its game for the console version. But for handheld stuff, 3DS, I think it's fine yeah. just the way it is. I mean, arguably, the Switch version is a handheld version. It is, technically. But I think they should... The Switch, the Switch version of Pokemon, whatever that ends up being, should be an event. It should be a big deal. Yeah. And hopefully they recognize that. Yep. All right. It's time for a word from our sponsor. Extraturns.com, people. Your games deserve more. There's so many stores and sites that will charge you 10, maybe 15% or more for the privilege of selling a used game. We charge zero. Extraturns.com is a brand new marketplace being built from the ground up. So you can sell your games, collectibles, electronics, and memorabilia. Not only will we beat our competitors' commission in every category important to you, but we will also make exchanging your used games commission-free. You get 100% of the value of your collection. Wow. How do they do it, Matt? How are they going to do it? Hmm. Uh, sign up for the pre-launch and share us on social media to be entered to win an SNES Classic this holiday season. So there you go. Extraturns.com. Big thanks to our sponsors. We appreciate it very much. Uh, did get an update from them over the last week. They are working very hard on at launch. They appreciate very much all the messages you guys have sent them on social media. They hear it. Um, and we should have new updates on extraterns.com in the very near future, including a relaunch date and all that kind of stuff. So stay tuned for that. Uh, I think that's it, Mr. Kyle, mm -hmm. for Game Base 108. i got a great weekend of gaming coming up. I'm trying to polish off Mario. Uh, Going to keep playing some, uh, some Origins. Um, the I'll first beat shame will be going up on the site tomorrow. I should also address, um, so the first Ask Shane Anything went up. Mm. Um, and people were bummed out because it's a Patreon thing. So people who are giving $10 a month per more get a three-day early access to it. And I just want to say, uh, I, I hate it too. I mean, I hate that there are people who have supported Sifted from launch day who have to wait three days to watch a piece of content because of the Patreon. 
Um, so I hear you. I totally get it. Unfortunately, that's just kind of the way Patreon works. Um, and we did... Patreon's weird. It's like right before the day when it turns over, like Halloween, we lost a bunch of patrons and a ton of money towards the Patreon. And some of those people have come back already. I don't know what the deal is. but um, They just didn't want to pay. <laughs> I guess. But see, they, they can't get the content until they paid. So... Mm. I don't know what the deal is. No, right? so if you can't afford it this month, you can't afford it. Yeah, I totally month. get it. Um, but what, when a lot of those people left, what you can do on Patreon when you leave a Patreon account is you can leave an exit interview where you explain why you left or whatever. And some of them are just like, oh, I didn't have money this month or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the vast majority of them were, I did not feel like I was getting more for the extra money I was paying versus the other people. Um, and so we're getting direct feedback from our Patreon saying that people want more if they're dedicating more money to the higher tiers. So it is what it is. And again, I don't like it. And if you're uh, someone who supported us from the beginning, like I can't tell you how much I appreciate everything you've done for the site. Uh, but unfortunately, we made the decision to go to Patreon, and that's how it works. Um, and unfortunately, it's just some bumps in the road. But anyway, the feedback on the first Ask Shane Anything has been great. Those of you who have watched it seem to like it a lot. And it will be unlocked. Should be Sunday, tomorrow or Sunday for everybody else. So make sure you give it a watch. And we'll re-promote it as free for everyone. But I brought that up because Beat Shane is going up tomorrow. And I will say it was amazing. It went really well. It was a really, really close competition. Uh, Me playing a sifter. And uh, that'll be going up tomorrow. And it's going to be the same deal where it will be on a delay for people who have uh, contributed X amount of dollars per month to our Patreon. So... Thanks, you guys, for understanding. I really appreciate it. I wish we could have survived just on our uh, subscription service. It just wouldn't have worked. And the bottom line is, if it weren't for the Patreon, neither of these shows would even exist, mm-hmm. and we wouldn't be sitting here right now. So sometimes in life, you got to take the good with the bad. So we're still here. Hopefully that's good in, in your yeah. impression. It's good for me. It's good for Matt. And it's good for Sam. We're all happy to still be here. So thanks again for everything. You guys are great. Have a great weekend. Game Face is up and out. <laughs>